Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to listen to the incomparable Win Twice Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Scott and Holly. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be entertained. Hello everyone and welcome to the official first ever episode of the Win Twice Wrestling Podcast with your hosts Scott and Holly. Hello. Um, I'll be honest, I've been feeling a little bit under the weather as of late, which I believe I caught from you. I caught it from someone else. Just okay. Well, you know. that is kind of how it works, but I feel like I caught <laughs> it from the first episode we recorded. So Purely because we were sat in the same room together, let's get this clear. Yeah, okay, there was no bodily fluids exchanged uh, on this occasion, or ever, actually. I should probably clarify that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think your wife would be too impressed. <laughs> no, I mean, it's saver a job, to be fair. I don't think she'd be overly fussed, but... Much like the show that we'll be covering, we're both hardcore, so we're pressing ahead. Oh, yeah. And we'll, <laughs> for the first episode, as uh, I think we teased on some of the social medias, we're covering ECW One Night Stand 2006. Took place on the 11th of June 2006 in the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. Attendance on the night, 2,460. And the Birex, that was still a thing at the time, where it's still pay-per-view, because they're not pay-per-views anymore, Holly. They're premium live events. Uh, okay. So we can't call them pay-per-views. No, okay. Um, was 304,000. So I had a look at the comparison for the time to see how if that was an impressive number. Mm-hmm. And it was 52,000 higher than Judgment Day, which was uh, the month before it, which was a wholly WWE oh, venture. Okay. Not that this wasn't produced by WWE, okay, of course, yeah. but it was an ECW-branded product. Okay. But it was 16,000 less than Vengeance. But I still think, given you know who was on the card, I'm sure a lot of them were interesting characters for mm-hmm. you for the first time of seeing. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good going. Um, what I quite like, I mean, the Hammerstein Ballroom in general was one of ECW's areas that they used to use quite a lot, one of their arenas that they'd go right. to. They're mainly based in Philadelphia, but a okay. lot of their work was in the kind of northeast section of the States, and one of them being the Hammerstein Ballroom. You won't know this, but at some point I'm going to make you watch really old stuff. Oh, and good. by that, it's we're talking early 90s. Oh, I can't wait. And in that, you'll see that some of the earlier Raw episodes were filmed in the Hammerstein Ballroom oh, as well. Okay. I don't think it's the same setup as that, because I believe they've got, within the Hammerstein Ballroom, there are two arenas. Kind right. of, you know, like how they have in the O2 arena? Yes. They've got the main arena Different. and the little ones yeah. off it. Similar thing with the Hammerstein Ballroom, so this was their proper main event venue. Okay. And uh, I guess before we go into it mm. I re- I'm because mm. it's difficult because we watch the shows independently yep and the force of habit with us and having conversation about wrestling is straight away I want to go what did you think of yes it? and I couldn't ask yeah so, it was odd. it was odd also to watch it solo yeah and not message you and be like oh this or yeah. oh my god this was great or oh my god I hate this guy or it was and, quite and I'm sure hard. There was a lot of that yeah involved. yes, yes there was. right yes. but I think you know when I told you that this is the show we're going to be covering, did you have any initial thoughts? What did you know of the show, if anything at all? Um, not a lot. So I think this is the only ECW. Yeah. I see the, the hesitation in there. Yeah. Show I've ever seen. Seriously. I think so. Okay. I've seen obviously like segments of shows, but I don't think I've ever watched a full show. I guess this is kind of a, a point to ease you into it because it isn't. Ju- yes, ECW, it was like WWE a version combine, of yeah. It. So, yeah, I mean, basically, a little bit of background to the show itself that uh, there was already plans in place by the time this event came round to bring ECW back as a third brand full time alongside Raw and SmackDown. Okay. This largely stemmed from about a year before, to be fair, in 2005, they released a DVD set, which is 
fantastic. I've got it somewhere. Yeah. And I have to root it out for you at some point. Oh. It's brilliant. It's the rise and fall of ECW. Oh, okay. And the sales from that DVD were so far beyond what the WWE expected when they released it that I think it was Rob Van Dam had mentioned to Vince McMahon said, let's do a one-off show, you know, for the fans, bring right. people back. And that's how One Night Stand 2005 kind of came to place in the first instance. Yeah, because I think watching it, I was like, I was a bit confused as to what the point was. Right. Because I was like, is it like Survivor Series where it's like Raw versus SmackDown? Like in my head, I was like, I'm so confused because there's some wrestlers that were ECW and then there's some that was at the time WWF. And I was like, I don't understand whether it's going to be at the end of the night, one brand wins over the other that confused me like bragging me. rights it was a yeah. pay-per-view that kind of thing and yeah. I was like I, I, in my head I had it as like a Survivor Series okay and then halfway through I was like mm, yeah that's not what this is is it I mean obviously we're going to go so the way in which we'll do this I'll give a little bit more background on, on the shows I'll try and do a little bit of research and make it look like a professional <laughs> operation I can't guarantee how well that'll go on all of them and then we'll kind of just go through the show itself we're not going to go into move by move but I, every time something happened on screen that caught my interest one way or the other mm-hmm. I wrote it down there are a few degrading comments to some of the people that performed on this show and I'm sure Holly is also guilty of lambasting people I don't people know what you could possibly mean by that well, well we'll get into that but um, <laughs> I think for me the reason why I picked this show is one because I know that you didn't have too much familiarity yeah. with ECW as in general Yeah. but I also thought there was enough it was like a slightly lighter touch. It was like the Diet Coke. You had a little bit to keep me yeah. hooked, really. Yeah, because there's the some moment. key people that I knew that you'd be interested oh, in. You, yeah, there's one or two in there. I yeah. thought you were like, you picked especially for me. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't factor that too much into it, but I thought it was a good starter for 10. <laughs> it really was, no. Like it was, I said, it was in, in, in the sweet intro. spot. Yeah. Okay, so, right. Um, what did you think in general with the show opening? Like, the particular, the environment the fans, the atmosphere. It really... So we went and saw Progress, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Um, I can't remember when. Um, May, I think. And I enjoyed that, yeah. but this gave me independent show vibes. Is that good or bad for you? Right. I don't know, because when I was watching it, I, there's a couple of comments I made, was that the crowd was a bit much for me. A bit much? Like, the shouting of the explicits, I don't... We know, we've seen live wrestling together. Yeah. We know how my feelings towards certain people. Yes. But I'm not going to shout at them, you suck dick. <laughs> or, and if they do, good for them. Who I cares? I mean, I've got a comment on that later <laughs> on specifically because of a miming job that was done. But, but just silly, like, I don't know, just silly, like, chants that was... It's what ECW are known for. It was right, the counterculture okay. vibe, like yeah, it was just WWE. A bit rough for my liking it would have been different being in the arena because don't get me wrong i'm not a small bloke i'm not a big bloke that wasn't a weird flex but i feel safe in most environments i feel like because i'm not as invested to shout at that level Mm -hmm. i feel like that would have made me feel a little bit uncomfortable Mm. so i kind of get where you're coming from not unsafe no and i think it was just ready for something to kick off yeah and i don't know i think it was just different like it's a different vibe to things I've watched on TV before. Yeah. If I was at an independent show watching, would I be surprised? No. But because it was like a, a pay-per-view or whatever they call it, yeah. that really, I don't know, that was odd to me. Okay. Because you don't see that on no, and, and that's, all in, a, all out, whatever, 
That's why I think I asked you what you felt because you said it had an independent vibe and in yeah. person I know you like that. Yeah. But watching it, I've yeah, seen, I've shown it, you bits before and you've been like, because it doesn't feel high end production, big time. Hundred percent, that's what hit me. Yeah. It was. It was. Oh, I did struggle a little bit, but like I liked the matches as we'll talk about. But I think watching it was a bit of a struggle. This one I did. I did have to pause. Yeah. And not watch it all in one. Okay. Because I was like, this isn't hooking me in, because okay. it wasn't big big time and it wasn't an independent show it okay, was so like somewhere a, in between. a hover in the middle a halfway house yeah i think yeah okay I, I get where you're coming from and like i said you didn't have any background going into this so yeah. I've, I've seen the show a fair few times myself to be fair like i said i think i had it on dvd at some point mm-hmm. he says as he looks around the room see if he can spot it it'll be down there somewhere um but yeah i mean it having watched so the way i was introduced at ecw being from the UK is probably different from a, a lot of how the Americans would have been introduced to it. Um, I, in my local WH Smiths, other Ooh. retailers are available, wow. in uh, <laughs> the local area near to where we work. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I went in there and they used to have, back in the day, they used to sell VHSs. And this was when they were trying to clear all their VHSs out mm. and they had like a bargain bin. Oh, yeah. I had a look in there just to see if there was any WWE, basically, or WWF it might have been at the time. And I saw this, I think it was, I can't remember, the, I wish I'd remember the name of the show, but it was an ECW show. I feel like it was Anarchy something, but anyway, that's not important. And I thought, oh, wrestling. I went, oh, this isn't WWF or WCW, what's yeah. this? And it was like a pound. Yeah. So I was like, I have to get that. So And then I rooted through the entire bin okay. to try and get any ECW, and I think I got three VHSs, so that's how I first started watching okay. ECW. And how old would I have been at the time? So I must have been about... Because I think ECW were near to going out of business and being bought out by WWE at the time. So I must have been about 11, mm-hmm. 10, um, yeah, maybe 12 when that happened. And seeing that was such a shock. Because don't get me wrong, the Attitude Era yeah, was its thing. But ECW felt grungier, yes. dirtier. A bit more, un- not underground, but like a... Uh, yeah, not mainstream kind of. Exactly. They could get away with a lot more. And and it makes it feel like did. it's more real when you're that age. Yeah. To me, I was like, oh, okay. Well, the other stuff might be fake, but mm-hmm. but this looks real. Yeah, and no, I get that. That's and to be fair, actually watching it, it I did have a couple of notes that was like, oh, this doesn't actually look like they're not faking this. No. Whether they are or not is irrelevant because it doesn't look like it. No, it's, some of the stuff in there is actually brutal. Yeah. I mean, and this is still a light touch compared to some of the other ECW shows. But to to give you a bit more background on ECW, it wasn't just about the hardcore stuff. That was they catered for certain markets. Don't get me wrong, yeah. there was a lot of hardcore stuff, yeah. but they also had really good technical wrestling. So mm-hmm. in the mid '90s, before they went to WCW, they had the likes of Eddie Guerrero in there. They had Chris Benoit. They had Dean Malenko, they had Perry Saturn, so they yeah. had these people that were good technical wrestlers. I know all Later of those, on, I'm impressed with myself. Exactly, I'm impressed with you too. They brought in luchadors <laughs> like Rey Mysterio, they yep. brought in Psychosis, Chris Jericho mm-hmm. was in ECW for a bit before they moved on. So they also had really good... The, the crowd was, was unique in the fact that they appreciated both ends of the spectrum. Mm. So it wasn't like you see some some of these feds these days, the independents, where they just do it's all death matches and that kind of stuff, yeah. and it's very targeted towards that demographic. Whereas ECW was a bit of a sweet spot, I think, and a lot of the stuff. Of, so looking back at some of my favourite matches of all time, and we'll probably end up covering one of the shows that I'll find which one it was on. 
so I can get you to see that, is Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. They had some incredible matches mm. in the late 90s. I think it was when Rob Van Dam was the ECW television champion, right. which he held for close to two years, I think, 23 nice. years. Only dropped it because of an ankle injury, but mm -hmm. the matches were phenomenal. And, yeah, this like I said, I thought this was a good starting point. I'm not going to just go on an ECW thing yeah, and then yeah, show, yeah. Mate, you no. do one ECW show after the yeah, other. Yeah, let, let's not do that. Let's not do that because then the podcast <laughs> will be a very short series, I imagine. But, yeah, it was, I was just interested to get your, your thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, some of the signs in the crowd, early doors. Oh, if yeah. Cena wins, we riot. Yeah. They fucking would. Well, I, yeah, I fully true. believe yeah, that. I would believe that, actually. Fully believe that. Yeah. But... So anyway, yeah. the show starts, it kicks off. The first night I've got here is rabid fans provide a great atmosphere. For yeah, the size true. of the audience, yeah. they're... Loud. Their output yeah. far exceeds the number of people in there. Yeah, for sure. Absolute animals. But I also said that... And I try to be... It sounds really artistic the way I try to write this, but it just sounds stupid now I'm reading it back. I put sanitised gritty decor is great. So it's like it's got the dirtiness of ECW about it, but it's been cleaned, cleaned. up. Yeah, so well, I said sanitise, but it's still kind of keeping that. Yeah, it's it like the broken sense. brick wall yes. where people come out, yeah. the smoke machines, all that good stuff. Um, I said, I'll be honest, I loved it. Because it was just so, at the time as well, WWE, Raw and SmackDown was very vanilla. You know what you're getting. Right. This felt, oh, like anything could happen. Anything can happen, yeah. Basically, and I feel like the, the kind of the decoration of it all uh, fit in nicely. The music, FYI, yeah. one of my favourites, um, Drowning Pool bodies freaking love that song yeah. as you know anyway yeah. but i didn't know that that was effectively the theme tune to this uh, this uh, whatever it's called pay-per-view no you're good you can still call it pay-per-view i'll only um, correct you and be an asshole when you do it for the ones that aren't <laughs> <laughs> but i heard it and i was like oh okay so that piqued my interest because i just love that it's but. again keeping with the the theme of of the show itself um so we start off, we see Paul Heyman oh, uh, starting off with a promo. Snored me straight away. Snored you? I oh. can't. Oh, I Holly. Can't. I know. I'm so okay, sorry. right. I'll, I'll let you. Sorry. No, no, no. Please dive in. I just, I think because I was already like on the fence about it, just from it being a bit like, this is new for me. What is this going to entail? And then I saw him come out. And at this point, I didn't like Paul Heyman. I remember this. Okay. Because it just annoyed me. Right. Now I think it's absolutely brilliant. But back then... Yes, my tribal chief. Oh, <laughs> just... And as soon as I saw him come out, ponytail and the baseball cap with a microphone... It's not a good look, is that what you're saying? Oh, no. And was, it's not a it. panty dropper. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I was just like, oh, don't... Like, for me, the way to start a, a pay-per-view or whatever is not to come out and jabber on a microphone. Jabber the hut in his instance. He's a bit of a... <laughs> oh, give me that name. fleshy bastard. It, that, for me personally, I'd rather someone came out straight away. Bosh. Let's get it going. I didn't... The only re I normally agree with you. Yeah. So I'm not saying you're wrong. It's an opinion. Oh, you're entitled to it. But I, I didn't mind it because of who he was and what he was for ECW. Yeah, so yeah. Being it did Biona, make sense. It, it just... So you kind of allowed it. It's a little bit of it, the... It passed the holy test, but it was a bit... Yeah, I mean, on the seventh thank you, I was kind of like, let's really yeah. in, Paul. Let's get, on with yeah. the, let's get on with the match itself. But you can tell that he... I felt like that was genuine. A lot of the times yeah. when people come out and do promos, especially on, on the WWE side, you can feel like they're just reciting things mm -hmm. that they've been told to say. There's no passion, there's no character behind mm -hmm. it. I don't think I've ever heard Paul Heyman talk about anything where I haven't gone, oh, yeah, actually, he really cares about yeah. what he's discussing Yeah, no, here. I do agree. And I'm sure some of the times he's told roughly what to say, yeah. but not in this instance, not in front of those, those fans. But um, I also said that uh, 
or spotted, I should say, when I was looking through the arena at the signs. There was a few bare-chested fans, and I had me wondering if it was an ECW show or a Newcastle United home game. <laughs> there um, was a lot of... Like, a lot of man-titty about yeah, the was, latest. Yeah. Um, and the writing on the chest. Yes. I was like, oh, okay. Well, how do you know that they're okay. hardcore unless they write on their chest? That really? is a valid point. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bold look. I mean, it was June, New York, so it's probably not cold. So that's where the Geordies haven't beat. But it's just, like... Yeah, it's just. I don't know. I feel like if someone was, you know, like how when you, you walk around in the UK and you go in the shops, you just go around doing your usual bits. Yet when you're overseas, people can go around and kind of just shop in their pants. Yeah. And it's accepted. I feel like that's probably the ECW thing. Like a WWE, you've got to be fully clothed or you're not getting served. Yeah. ECW. You can walk in there with no shirt on. Walk out with your cock out and then you're fine. <laughs> Get a seat, have a beer. Have a beer on the house. That's what we are here. Brilliant. Okay. That's what, and it just, yeah. Again, it sets the tone nice and early, I think. Yeah. And that's where I put, uh, if Cena wins, we riot. Mm-hmm. And I put, yeah, they fucking would. Um, there are a few things about Heyman's choice of verbiage that I thought was interesting. Um, the, the swinging schlong of the extreme was uh, one of his particular phrases where I thought, <laughs> oh, Paul, what would your mother think? Yeah, I'll be honest, I just... You tuned out. Yeah. Yeah. I, honestly, it just went on too long for me. It was a little bit... It's not the most annoying promo on the night. Um, no. But we'll get to that. Yeah. But yes. it was... Yeah, because he forgot. Because he went to finish the promo, and then, and then he went, oh, before I forget, yeah, no, and then no, it's like, like, oh, no, that's no. That's when I think I internally went, Oh. And that's very unlike him. I feel like he, d- don't get me wrong, what he said was good. And had he said it without the pause, yeah. it would have been fine. But the fact he went back to mm-hmm. it, I was like, mm. no, that, that, that doesn't land. Doesn't it's like when you see someone doing a match and they clearly cock up a spot that they're doing, then they immediately go and try to do it again. Like, don't do not do that. Just move on. Just pretend like that. Yeah. that's what's supposed to happen. Uh, my particularly, my least favourite part, beyond him saying the swinging schlong, was uh, when he spat directly on the microphone. Oh, yeah. Um, That's, oh. Absolute throat rocket Grim. on there. Uh, and I feel like a lot of wrestlers do this because I, I see it quite often and yep. every time I see it, yep. I just think, you look like a fucking idiot. You could be the toughest guy in the world. If you're like, I've seen Brock Lesnar do it and my, Brock Lesnar can kill any human he wants. Yeah. But if I see you spit on the microphone, I think you look like yeah, a Yeah, it's not the one, is it? No, and I mean, at least he's not a wrestler, so I wasn't supposed to think of him as a physical threat. True. But it did. And this is coming from someone who has been spat on whilst front row. I, I, yeah, okay. Um, we'll go into that another time. In fact, maybe we'll cover that progress show that we went to. But, yeah, uh, I think we should, yeah. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't the progress show was I was spat um, on. It was um, the WXW. It was the one that we went back for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. Uh, interesting. I mean, it was an accidental spitting. It was an accidental it spitting. I don't think it any form spitting of Spitting and swear. It was you got covered in all of. The I got drenched. Honestly, I got absolutely I came out dry as a bone, and it was you that for was many there. reasons. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just looked around the crowd and went, no, "Not for me, this." <laughs> but um, we'll say we've got to save some material for, yes, the, for the other shows. Um, so, right, mm. <laughs> I put here strong kick off to the show. <clears throat> was it rev the crowd up nicely? Well, because oh, it rev the crowd up. It just it annoyed me. Yeah. To be fair, it's sorry. It, I'm gonna. It started off. And I was like, oh, great. And then I saw who came out after. And I was like, yeah. I died inside. I'll right. be honest. So I guess you were talking about the first match, is that? Yes. So the first match we move into is Taz with two Zs, because it's WWE's Taz, of not the singular Z. And uh, Jerry the King Lola, a.k.a. the Raging Alleged Nonce. Uh, oh, my God. Sorry, there's a lot of stuff out there. And just the, hearing the way he talks, allegedly. Alleged. Allegedly. But he mm-hmm. makes me feel uncomfortable as okay. a 34-year-old man even. So I can only imagine how he makes okay. the fairer sex feel. 
I mean, um, I didn't like his outfit, let's put it that way. I've seen it hundreds I, of times. I will say, he played his role in this pretty well. Yes, yes. To that. give him credit where it's due. So, Jerry the King Lola, you know him as a commentator. You won't have yeah. really seen him ever wrestle, to be fair, apart from in this concert. No, I've only seen a couple of clips yeah. from back in the day. So, he was massive in the seven, uh, I say 70s and definitely the 80s mm-hmm. in Memphis. So, King of oh, Memphis, okay. he basically helped run the promotion there i think he's something like a 30 plus time champion in the area he was always a face right they loved him okay so it's funny to think that all the time in wwf apart from on commentary when you can kind of you don't have to be either yeah you can be in the middle can't you exactly he was there always doing heel work yeah so it's quite interesting to see that in his prime he was mainly a face but i thought and he actually had a real dislike of ecw right there's this goes back to the 90s. So in, I want to say it was about 94, uh, Vince McMahon, WWF, they mm-hmm. created a bit of a relationship with Paul Heyman, mm-hmm. uh, with ECW, mainly because they were poaching or yeah. going to be poaching a lot of their talent, but they wanted to make sure that they were on the side of them rather than WCW. Paul Heyman used to work for WCW under the name of Paulie Dangerously. Okay. He was a manager. He had a tremendous falling out when he left the company there. Hated Eric Bischoff, hated WCW, hated the whole enterprise. So Vince McMahon saw the opportunity to create that relationship between the two companies. And ECW, in 94, had little invasions of Raw. Where we had, I think, Sabu appeared on top of the old Raw is War. Well, not Raw is War, but the old War sign. Jumped off it, landed on a load of people, and he was feuding with Taz at the time. And Jerry Lawler was like, I genuinely do not know why we're giving these people airtime. They kind of covered it quite well in the documentary. I don't think they were kayfabing it. I think that was legitimately how right. he felt. And basically, it's a long going story that kind of led to this moment. Um, there was even a part where Jerry Lawler went to ECW, turned mm-hmm. up in the arena. I think ECW used to do this thing where they turned all the house lights out and let the crowd know something big was about to yeah. happen. Lights came back on. Jerry Lawler appeared in the arena. Fans showering him with booze and I think they were throwing stuff at him as well and he basically came out with this phrase and the reason I'm telling you this is because it kind of linked into what I saw in mouth when he came out at the entrance he said this arena better be should be filled with toilet paper because all I see is nothing but shit and um, that was a whole thing he with Tommy Dreamer he with a kendo stick hit him in the balls legitimately misjudged well I say legitimately misjudged might have been intentional I don't know actually caned him in the bollocks and ruptured one of Tommy Dreamer's testicles. Um, Again, it was covered in the DVD. Very interesting. And when he came out at the show, at the entranceway, you could see him mouth nothing but shit as he looked around the crowd. And I thought that was a nice little stitch back for me. Yeah, makes sense. And then going up then, I guess this is a good opportunity as any to talk about it. What do you think about Joey Styles as a commentator? Um, hmm. Okay. Okay. Okay, is that, actually... Is that the summary for it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's... For me, sometimes, obviously, it's hard because I don't know these people and I'd not heard too much of this yeah, person before. that's fine. But I was very aware that he's no... To me, not everyone, but he's no Michael Cole. Oh, or, no. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That one hurt. I thought you were going to say JR and I was going to allow it. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, again. So, but I just... I don't know. I didn't hate him. So, Joey Styles has a unique ability in my book on the basis that for a lot of the ECW shows, he was a one-man booth. 
one person right, okay. calling an entire show. Which must be horrendously hard, to be fair, having no one to bounce off. Exactly, but he did it so well mm-hmm. that it you didn't notice, it didn't feel like anything yeah, was missing. Be, yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, that's a fair point, but actually, after the first match, there was two of them anyway. So. Exactly, I mean, he wasn't even on commentary mm. for the first match, because he went down to yes. the ring, as we're about to discuss. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, as uh, I also actually mentioned, um, so I had to look him up, because I didn't know his name. Stephen DeAngelis as the ring announcer. Okay. Not good for big level events, I wouldn't have yeah. said, but because, it, again, it was different, yeah. it worked for ECW. Yeah, was so fun, I, that yeah. was a nice little treat, because yeah. I didn't want to hear Tony Chimmel or Lillian Garcia. Yeah. It wouldn't have felt right. No. So it felt, again, it was it felt authentic, which was nice. Yep. Um, so we got... <laughs> okay, this is a... Well, it's not controversial, because it's what it, what it was. I said, Taz looks like a retired Little League coach. Coming out, ready to look after his grandson's team, okay. take them to the big game. Okay. Just he's a a man who was the once time the suplex human suplex machine. Mm-hmm. It's a great nickname because he used to throw people on the heads all the time, and it was excellent. He has not aged well in terms of physique, and again, rich coming from me, but it he's just a little tubby fella, isn't he? Really, <laughs> he did look quite menacing though. Oh, he's menacing as shit. Yeah. Uh, like he will choke a bitch out, but. Yeah. Just physique-wise, it's hard. It's like he's come out. He didn't didn't need to be, did he, in that match? Like it was. No, he didn't. But it was kind of a little. Fortunately, they kept it short, so that was thank God. Because I did worry this was going to go on. Yeah, I mean, he had to get back and work his shift at the chocolate factory anyway for for Willy Wonka. Because, well, I think you know what I'm saying with that. But I said that this was the battle of the sex pest and the Oompa Loompa, um, which was a strong start for an ECW show. That isn't how they booked it. Um, and believe me, I, and I say this with nothing but respect, I really liked Taz's work when he was an earring performer at ECW. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter about how tall he was, came across as a menacing yeah, badass. Good. And even when he joined WWE, which we probably cover that show at yes. some point, he looked legitimate. Yeah. But here it's kind of a nostalgia act. Yeah. I get why they did it, and I'm glad it was short. Yeah. Nothing really to note, to be fair. Um, I'll be honest, we've covered my two notes that I made on that, that match. That's how much you enjoyed it? Yep. Joey Styles getting a slap, was that one of them? Underneath, I presume this was for comedic value, I did not find it funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Joey Styles getting a slap, I thought, fair enough. I mean, he yeah. looks like someone who's probably had a few slaps in his yeah. time. Um, he's also given a few slaps, Uh there was a, a famous story. Oh no! Is this another alleged or is it? No, 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 okay. no. It's one that I feel proud. Okay. Joey Styles is one of my people. Okay. Uh, based on my thoughts on the other person. Okay. So there's a, a certain loudmouth Texan fucking cowboy hat wearing piece of shit who we see later. You suck dick. He, that guy. He, Who's the football <laughs> in now? So we see him later in the show. But uh, so he used annoying. to basically... He's quite a bully in the locker room, basically. If he could oh, get away I've with had, it... Yeah, I've heard bully. that, actually. Yeah. Joey Styles was one of the people that he would do this with. Oh, OK. Um, it happened... I think it all came to a head on a flight. Uh, Joey Styles got up, had enough, walked over to him, punched him straight in the face, wow. put him down. Wow, OK. And Would not have expected that from... No, but if you're going to hit any him. man, that's the man to hit, isn't it? Yeah, I'd be on board with that, yeah. And we're talking... And I've already talked about someone who gives very negative vibes towards women, but mm-hmm. I still would rather see JBL get hit over that, which says a lot about the man to me. Yeah. Um, but again, no, I'm jumping ahead here. We'll come to him that. later on. But yeah, so... Like I said, I put even here, thank God this match was over quick, yet Taz was still out of breath. After he put the Taz mission on uh, JR, uh, JR, JR, that would have been a more interesting match to be fair. But he put it on King in this instance, and King passed yeah. out. Yeah, that's the 
yeah. short, quick, short put Taz sweet, on commentary. Bye bye, let's carry on. It was quite a good way of getting then Taz on the commentary, yes. I thought. That was a nice was little clever, nice yeah. little play. And now we go to yes. one of my favourite matches on the night, mm. I think. Probably one of yours, given a certain individual involved. I quite enjoyed it, I'll be honest. So we move on to, uh, the, as he was at the time, the legend killer. Yes. As he was going through RKOing all the old people, yep. all the old boys. Randy Orton against uh, the Olympic gold medalist and new ECW convert, as you'll have mm-hmm. seen from the promo yep, work. Yeah, I did. Kurt Angle. And this was right at the tail end of his WWE run before he they basically got rid of him because they're like, you're going to die oh, if you right, carry on yep. the way you're going. Mm-hmm. He left early 2007, I think it was. So this mm. was the summer of 2006. Oh, okay. But the first thing I wanted to put here is Kurt Angle. My God, what a treat he was for wrestling. Yeah. Just, just yeah. brilliant. Really, I really enjoyed him. Really yeah. good. He, he's adapted to it like no one else. Yeah. Uh, and just his matches. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, have I seen a bad Kurt Angle match? And the fact that one isn't immediately jumping to mind, no. other than against the, the human sperm, which ended his career, but that's because of Angle's age as much as anything. That's not even a, a jab at Baron Corbin, believe it or not. I mean, there's not much good. you can do with you Angle leave him at alone. that point. I'll leave him alone for this episode, <laughs> but Baron, I'm coming for you, boy. Um, he can come for me if he likes. I'm sure he would. Um so we've got here Taz and one of the things that a lot and I find this with football as well when I'm listening to commentators Mm -hmm. they'll say these certain tropes over and over again Mm -hmm. and it's boring right and Taz has got one he falls back on so like I mean even footballers do it they'll always say at the end of the day everything happened at the end of the day nothing ever happened at any other time of the day day, or the beginning part of the day or throughout the day just always at the end of the day this happened Taz always says not for nothing Okay, I can't say I didn't. I noticed it. I'll be honest. So I just put not for nothing. Shut up. Just okay. uh, it, it, once yeah. you've heard it once, you didn't need to hear it. Yeah, because it was the times. full-on SmackDown commentator going into this as well, so you hear it a lot, oh, and okay. it just feels like well, not for nothing. Just well, yeah, you you paid to talk. Yeah. Of course, it's not for nothing, but a little thing. Maybe I'm overreacting. It annoyed me. Yeah, fair play. Um. So the first comment after that I put was, what do you think of the kid who hit Randy Orton on the way out? <laughs> All right, honestly, it's this sort of stuff that really boggles me. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? I would have quite happily seen Randy Orton just Bang. RKO yeah. this little fella. I d- that really boggled me. Do you see the look of fear on his dad's face mm-hmm. when he did that? Like, oh, oh no. Yeah. Like just the, But the bullet had left the gun at that point. Yeah, I just, again, that's... I don't know, it's just weird to me. And Randy Orton kind of kept it in pretty mm-hmm. well. I mean, he clearly mouthed motherfucker as he spun around and walked off. And I thought Orton was actually on form tonight. He'd had all his vitamins for this show. Oh, yes, this was still did. very much in the, the phase where he was um, mm-hmm. fa- failing wellness policies, left, right and centre, coming up. Um, he is one of the few wrestlers I can count on one hand. But I'm okay with him wrestling in pants. He's a very handsome boy. No, I, he's not ugly. Is no, it? he's not. I mean, for as much as I like pop at some of the others that you like, I will not be faulting this man. No. He is a fucking Adonis. Yeah. But you could tell that he was retaining water because of how puffy he, his face looked. Hamster cheeks. Hamster yeah. cheeks. And you know that there's something. Mm-hmm. He's not a well boy. But I thought he played this one really well. Yeah. He showed he looked like he was legitimately yeah. concerned about Kurt Angle being a threat, which you should be yeah. if you're having a legitimate fight with a guy. And. There's a little touch that he did when he left the arena. So he asked for two refs to help take him along. Yeah. And then he waved to the fans. <laughs> well, he waved to the people yeah, who were him went, my very, fans, That thank was very you. funny. That did tickle me. I Brilliant. did enjoy that. Brilliant. But what did you think of the match itself? I actually really enjoyed it. 
Okay. Um, I did miss the You Suck chants, mm-hmm. I'll be honest, for Kurt Angle. Well, it's because they, they changed his music specifically so the fans could yes. hear that, if you remember. Um, but actually, I really liked it. I actually preferred this match of his over any others that I've seen. Was that Angle or Orton, sorry? Angle. Okay. Purely because it was like a different persona. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Like, well, he, was he wasn't trying to, to be, like, the gold medal winning no. wrestler. He was a wrestler. And actually, I really enjoyed it. He was a Really badass. good. Yeah. He was going to, like, and he was living up to his intensity, one of his three eyes. Because yes. a, f- a favourite of my moment in the, in the match is when he offered Orton his head. It's like, come give me a headlock. She can't do anything with it. Yeah. And he did that a few times. And I thought, that's, that's big ball stuff. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, <laughs> I also put here a little note. Randy Orton making women wet since 2002. But I think you covered that one <laughs> off quite nicely. Oh, my God. Uh, and then Angle Wrestling Machine. Never, I don't know what I've put here. Never a truer phrase spoken, which I believe was said on commentary. Um, Orton, for as much as I find some of his matches... A little bit tiresome. I know he can have good matches. Yeah. He's such a better heel than he is a face. Oh. Naturally dislikable persona. Yeah. Not yes. saying outside of the ring, but certainly in the yes. ring. Even when he's a face, I'm like, oh, I can't get on board mm-hmm. liking you. Which, um, yeah. And I mean, at one point, he even turned around to the crowd and said, shut your fucking mouth. So, yeah. Living, living the dream was Orton in that match. But... A crowd signs. Again, we've we've got touched on the crowd a few times in this one, but there was one sign. I don't know if you saw it, but I felt the need to write it down. It just said pork. Oh no! Just pork. Why? Like that obviously meant that was an in joke for like probably just him for holding the sign at home. Maybe I don't know. Or was he putting his pork. dinner order in with his mum at home later? So I decided <laughs> pork, <laughs> mum. Hey, it's not a bad way to do it. I mean, it's, I get on TV, it's yeah. an expensive way to do it. Yeah. But I don't, do you think his mum was sat there at home watching the pay-per-view to see what her boy's dinner order was? I don't think so. <laughs> but were there any particular moments in the match, like mm. move-wise or anything well, that caught your attention? Well, yeah, I wrote two down. But now that it's been a day or two since I watched it, they don't really make sense. Right. Um, the standard Kurt Angle, is it a German suplex? German suplex, Where yes. he doesn't let go. Yep, holds on. Standard. Yep. Fully enjoyed that. Brilliant. It was great. Yeah. The other one, oh, Orton's sell for the tap out. Yeah. Bit much. Oh, see, no, I like that. So oh. going into the match, he like the whole thing was he'd had his ankle yes. broken. So he was sensitive towards it. And I like the fact that every time Angle made a motion to go for it, Orton was wide-eyed, panicking, trying to get mm-hmm. away from it. And I thought the counters for that were really good. Um, we'll, we'll go on to the, to the finisher in a bit. But I put... I think it was Orton did. I'm sure it was Orton that did this when he went to the top turnbuckles. And it's not something that even Orton in his younger days particularly did. He'd do occasional missile drop kicks, uh-huh. but he did a cross body and the sound of meat slapping uh, meat. Oh yeah, yeah. When he that hit Kurt Angle, kind of hit him on his head as yeah, much as anything. Yeah. Don't know why I felt the need to actually strike myself there for, to, to feel it, but it's a sound effect. It was a sound of wet meat hitting yeah. wet meat, and um, I'm sure you were all for it actually. Yeah, uh, pretty much. So I, I put here the angle slam counter to an arm drag that um, took place uh-huh. I, I can see you going through the mental archives literally can see it in my in my brain exactly it's when Angle went for it and then Orton just kind of slipped out the back because normally what you see people do for the traditional counter they just land on their feet and then do something mm-hmm. else Orton kind of and I assume it was intentional didn't land on his feet just gr- grabbed the arm that was nearest to him and pulled him over mm-hmm. and I thought it was just a nice little yeah. it was a difference and I thought that was important for a show such as this where he was outside of his normal um comfort zone yep. 
Um, I put here uh, Orton on an Irish whip falling to the canvas with Angle hitting hard. It's a great touch. It's something that you don't, again, don't see that often. Back in the day, Bret Hart used to have this thing where when he was thrown into the turnbuckle, he'd run in sternum first, yeah. hit it, and then just fall down. And you're like, oh, that, that yeah. looks like it really hurts. And Orton put all his might into it. Angle hit it, came out and went straight down. I thought, it's a nice little touch. Because mm-hmm. I always think the first thing that made me think that wrestling wasn't on the level when I was young was when you saw someone get thrown into the ropes or thrown into the corner. I thought, just stop running. You don't have to run. That is a valid point. And then, so I don't mind it now. You kind of, you take it as part and parcel of the the package. But it was something like that. And I go, oh, well, actually, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. He ran into it. Yeah. And he caused the impact himself. But it still It's a bit more believable when you can see someone putting the effort in to... Exactly, exactly my point. Um, And then we saw, uh, I said, the Bratverse goes flying as we see the first German suplex. Um, And as you said, it's Angle's suplexes. There's only one other person that does it of a similar level to Angle, and it's not Brock Lesnar. Oh, that's literally who I was going to say. No, he's good. He does it differently and more scary. But Um, the other one would be He Who Shall Not Be Named, hmm. who I mentioned Oh, okay, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll obviously Mm -hmm. have to discuss this person when it comes to show they're in. Yeah. And for the obviously you know not condoning anything that's happened there but as a wrestler his ability was phenomenal and Kurt Angle's German suplexes were every bit as good for me okay um another little touch that I liked was Angle stamping on Orton's ankle so he couldn't get away and then again the wide-eyed panicking in Orton's face and I thought the finish itself was quite nice so he tried the ankle lock the Mm. traditional way a few times and then went no you're not getting away great leg or great vine the legs Sat down, laid yes, down. Yeah, no, Orton. I agree actually. Yeah. So, what was it about Orton? I don't know. I just, uh, I've, we know I have a problem with overselling. And I'll be honest, he's on this card anyway. I think John Cena really has ruined it for me. Yeah. Because he's an overseller. Yeah. And now when I see people, when I watch matches where people do it, it just winds me up instantly. And I'm not necessarily saying they're overselling. Yeah. But it's, is it just, I don't know. It just goes past the level of, I don't know what the words are believability but, like yeah, the tape breaks the, the immersion yeah okay. and I know it's you know we all know the deal with wrestling like I get it stop, but... stop spoiling it for the kids out there. <laughs> and there's no kids listening to this but I just I don't know and I think I just think I'm I, because of I've watched so many things that it's the whole it's not this move but like you know oh we're gonna do a like they try and choke each other out. Yeah. Oh, I've passed out. I've passed out. <gasps> I'm awake. Yeah. It's just no, like, it's nah, nonsense. like it's finished. Tap out. Boom. Done. No, like, I think I agree with you on the, any hold that is effectively yeah. a choke. Sleep if it works in MMA just... to put people out, I don't see wrestlers coming back from the brink and doing Absolutely it Absolutely not. Back in the eighties when stuff wasn't known, like mixed martial arts wasn't a thing yeah. back then. I can understand how that would mm-hmm. work because people don't know. Now yeah. the audience is educated enough to know that that's bollocks. Yeah. So, I'll be honest with him, and as much as I can criticise Orton for various things, I actually thought his sell was spot on on yeah. this show. Really thought it was good. Um, so credit to him. Cool. So yeah, we see, um, like I said, Angle get the win with the the ankle lock, and I put very good match. I enjoyed actually it. really enjoyed it. Very I good. I did. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so now this one is going to be interesting, mainly because I think you will only know one of the four people in there, potentially what, two. Tajiri. Tajiri. <laughs> He's the only person I knew who he was. I think you might have seen, oh, actually it might have been in the slut years where you weren't watching. 
I love that you still reference this. Great. <laughs> well, you put it out there. Uh, so the next match is a tag team encounter between the full-blooded Italians and mm. Super Crazy and Tajiri. Yes. So again, before I go into anything on the specifics of it, mm-hmm. what did you know about? Well, what did you know about Tajiri? I so I remember watching him from WWF days. Yep. And I just just his style. Yeah. Really enjoyable for me to watch. Yes. I quite like it. It's fast paced. Mm-hmm. It's quick moving. There's not a lot of like breathing time. Yep. Which I struggle with my attention span watching matches that have long breathing spaces. Brilliant. So And yet you like Randy Orton. Anyway. Yeah, I know. Okay. I can look at him, it's fine. I don't oh, have to pay yeah. attention to what's going on. It's Jerry's a handsome boy. Um <laughs> so when I saw that he was in this match, I was like, Oh, okay. He's the only person I know. Kinda of hoping it's gonna be a fast paced Yeah. Like pow 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 yeah. it's done. And it was. And it was and I really enjoyed it. I did yeah. do a little uh Wikipediaing and Googling, obviously, for anyone else that was in that match. So, so what did you think of the FBI? Right. As soon as they came out I rolled my eyes and I went, here we go. It's like Tony fucking D'Angelo in the in the past, who I can't bear, as you know. I do know this. And I, I just thought, brilliant. It's it, going to be exactly like that. This was a little bonus for me because I forgot that this match was on the card okay. when I picked it. And as soon as I saw the FBI come out, uh-huh. I thought, straight away, I thought, Holly hates Tony D'Angelo so yes. much. This is not going to sit well with her. And I literally sat there and I was like, internally, I was like, oh God, I'm going to have to endure this. But actually, once the match started, I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. because it wasn't like Tony D'Angelo no. whatsoever. It was entertaining. No. What do you think about the Where's My Pizza chance though, at the <laughs> yeah. FBI? Again, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> again, part it's not the worst the chant of oh, the no, night nowhere near. by far. Nowhere near. But again, mm, not so, necessary. I mean, again, and accompanying the FBI is, uh, alongside Little Guido and Tony Mamaluke. Uh, which is great. Oh, name. that's the guy I didn't know. So the the only guy, guy's name. Big Guido. Oh, okay. The only guy's name I caught was the little Guido guy. Yeah, so, so he's little, the one I Wikipedia. So little Guido was in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, he was under Nunzio, was his name. But again, I think these were the years where you probably had stopped watching. But he was yes. under there. I think Tony Mamaluke, I don't think he was. I think they brought him in for the rebranded ECW. So I think he stayed around for a little bit, but not too, too long okay. after this show. Um, and yeah, little uh, sorry, big Guido, who was that linguini, greasy haired, uh, yeah. Easter Island headed, mm-hmm. fucking idiot, walking around there. Just I, I'm fair enough. He got a paycheck, but what? He wasn't fucking well. Didn't I guess he anything, was needed for something later on. Well, that happened, yeah. But to me, that kind of ruined not the end, but him coming out. Yeah. Ruined. So I've never seen any of these before. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any results. I didn't Google it before because I like to... It's an element of surprise. Yeah. Um, but as soon as he came out with them, it ruined it a bit for me because I thought, well, they're obviously going to win. Mm. And I was like, Ugh. yeah, it's a bit annoying. And what happened later was interesting, but I was just a bit like, uh, okay, fine. I, I, th- I mean, my first note here was uh, Big Guido borrowing Baron Corbin's hairpiece. Oh, um, from the old... Oh. Yeah. When do you leave the him wolf? alone? It just came up. You can't come out with that hair looking like that and not make me think Baron Corbin. Um, I want Baron Corbin to have all the success in the world, but I don't want him to, you know... I don't want his mistakes to go unchecked, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Super Crazy, rocking every mum's barnet from the 80s and 90s yes. in the UK. Mm-hmm. The perm of dreams. Oh, for sure. Um, and he's quite an odd-shaped man, Super Crazy, because his balance is perfect, Like he's, he's really good. He's athletic. a high flyer. High flyer. But he's not 
slimline no, or little absolutely I mean, like, not. he's a regular guy yeah. which did actually really surprise me yeah but, but made it better you, when you saw him come out you must have thought oh god what are we going to watch yes, here yes I did yeah especially with a name like Super Crazy yeah I mean it's not very also entertaining. stayed in WWE for a while as part of the uh, Mexicals alongside oh. Psychosis and Juventud Guerrera and they came out infamously on lawnmowers. Oh, it's those guys. Super Crazy was one of those guys. God. Uh, obviously utilising him to his full potential there. Um, shocking state of affairs. But Super Crazy matches are always high-octane good affairs. And I think a, a lot of my comments from this match were Tajiri, the kicks. Yeah, I've got that in there. And the screams. I've got the best kicks of any matches we've seen and documented on this so yes. far. In brackets. 100%. CM Punk. Yeah. Yeah. I know they're different. But by far, just these were just, yeah. Yeah, CM Punk's never claimed to be a Japanese buzzsaw. No, I know, like but do you know what I mean? But the the screams as well, how high-pitched mm-hmm. they were. Seeing as you look at him and you go, right, these are no-nonsense, he's just going to go in there, kick some heads around, and then to hear that <laughs> thing he does, like it got me every <laughs> yeah. time. I couldn't commit to that fully because I thought I'd have a yeah. coughing fit. Um, but I just put, Sajiri's kicks give me more. Yeah. Just they yeah, all no, look good. That. I think there was a bit where it looked like there was a bit of transition work where something didn't go as it was supposed mm-hmm. to. And Tajiri covered it by, oh, I'm going to kick you in the face and it's going to look awesome. And, and he it kicked did. him in the face. Yeah. And it did look awesome. He was right. And his actually is one of, not of the few, because I'm sure there's a couple, but his, um, I want to say it's a sleeper hold, but I don't think it is. But the stretch he does on, on the, the other person. He, where he, oh my God, this is awful description work here. Okay, this is this is the first example of Holly trying to explain yep. if she doesn't know the answer to, and Good I've got luck, to work guys. out what she means. So he's kind of, I think he's behind them. Yeah. It looks a bit like um, Paige's, um, the one that Paige used to do. Her, the octopus stretch. Yes. Uh, like, really, so, like, I like that. Yeah, okay. And it looks like it does something. What about the tarantula in the corner? Oh yeah, I like that too. Okay, the dual tarantulas that we saw. Um, again, a, a lot of this is just me putting credit down for Tajiri but I said I noticed when he calmly walked across the ring just taking a leisurely stroll uh, before kicking Mamelouk straight in the face to break up a pin just like there was no rush calmly walked yeah. across and then just started offloading kicks in his head brilliant yep. funny but also looks like it's going to fucking hurt Yeah. so fair play Tajiri I also put here Holly will be wondering where the full size adults are in the ring <laughs> Um, apart from <laughs> Big Guido oh standing God. on the outside <laughs> yeah. everyone was pint-sized smaller stature yeah and I know you know you've got a six foot rule Um, and I thought yeah so what were your thoughts did you hang on we're getting off the wrestling and we're doing like a physical like personally what do I think Uh, kind of kind of linked to the wrestling too so I'm asking when you saw them I know you knew Tajiri did you think I can't get into these guys being wrestlers because they're small Um, or did that not no actually because they were all like not all small, but they're all similar. Height, so you couldn't tell. Yeah, well, sounds harsh, but yeah. That's brilliant. Because so what that... I hate is, you know I hate like watching a Rey Mysterio match against someone who's six foot five. Yeah, okay. Like, they were all similar stature, so build. So for me, it works, apart from bloody giant Big outside Guido. the ring. Yeah. But it worked for me, so I was, and I invested shall we say yeah, that's, and it was believable and to be fair I, I kind of get what you're saying because I know that you've also been you, you want the women's division to introduce like a lighter weight yeah, women's absolutely I think it's less noticeable in the women's Sorry. game but I think you've got a valid point Just none of it's like we believable. see Zelina Vega going on against Rhea, Rhea Ripley. Ripley getting honestly no absolutely sausage yeah. by her yeah no, okay so for me this was fine they were all of similar build stature 
there was not one person in there that was going to clean house. Yeah, if you know fair. what I mean. That's fair. So but, I did enjoy it. But there were power moments. Yeah. There was a bit where Super Crazy, I don't know if you remember this, had um, his arm in a arm scissors, had the guy on the floor, deadlifted him mm. onto his shoulder. Mm-hmm. For a tubby little fella, I don't know. Like I couldn't do that. Well, I'm pretty I, sure I, I couldn't do but, that. But yeah, it was to it lift was, up a man like yeah, that. It was, was impressive. Yeah. And it was really impressive. Um, I was put here, Stars and Taz talking about little Guido fucking his wife into a state of paralysis. I don't know if you caught on to that. I, not, I, don't, I think I zoned out so, of the, the commentary, I'll be honest. I took cause... a little bit of liberties with the wording of choice, oh, okay. but they basically said, oh, so little Guido, size 12 feet, so that's 12 merit, so 11 UK yeah. for his height, because he's 5'7", I think. Yeah. They're like, oh, someone said, oh, his poor wife. And I was like, oh, so you're suggesting that uh, I she I remember gets... hearing that, but yeah. not... Yeah, I basically. think I just zoned in on the wrestling rather yeah. than listening to those two jabber on. Basically, once you go FBI, you don't go back, is uh, what they were oh, getting at there. Um, well, I cannot confirm or deny these rumours, but I'm sure Holly will be having a Google oh later. Oh my God, you sound like a sex pest. Well, there's already enough of them on the show, to be fair. I mean, what's one more to illegal the mix at this point? Sex pest. A legal sex pest. Can you have a legal sex <laughs> pest? Just now, Okay, right, fair enough. Um, and then, so as we get towards mm-hmm. the end, so we see it was it was a good match, a very fun match. Actually, even though it's very different from the Angle Orton match, yeah, it was comparably entertaining for me. Yes, I'm glad they put it after actually. Yes, because I was already entertained or kind of not transfixed that because I wasn't, but like entertained by that one. Yeah, and then for it to flow into this one, which I was, was thought, different. Ooh, yeah, I enjoyed that because if it had been styles, the same kind of match, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. The no, end okay. of it, I almost fell into a coma. So yeah, as we get to the end of the match, double fisherman buster, little Guido pins to Jerry, FBI win, and then I've got why is that fucking lump getting involved? Yeah, as uh, the big bitch comes mm-hmm. down the ring, big show again. Back in the day, you were never don't get me wrong, you were never the best wrestler, but you were involved in some good matches. This didn't feel like it was needed. I know, again, I understand why they did it, because he was going to ECW, he, you know, changed allegiances. Yeah. But him coming out then to just basically go, what you just saw is fucking irrelevant. I'm just going to deck everyone. That annoyed me, because I had really enjoyed that. And then you're bringing someone else out down to kind of, to me, it annoyed me because it stole the limelight. It was a good match. You've taken it away from them just to prove that you're... 10 foot 2 and you know 900 pounds whatever like it's just not necessary I thought it was belittling to be honest yeah if they wanted him on the show so bad and I'm glad they didn't give him a match but if they Mm -hmm. wanted him on that bad give him someone to kill move on JBL well uh, yeah okay so (laughs) speaking of so we move on to the the next one so my least favourite promo of the night um, my least favourite human of the night is a JBL promo. Now, mm-hmm. interestingly, mm-hmm. on commentary, there are times where I've not disliked what JBL brings to the table, literally, mm-hmm. in this case. As a wrestler, shut. Right. Never been engaged in a JBL match. It's just, again, it's not all about physiques, but if you... He's not believable. He's right? not believable at the top level. Mm-hmm. When he was in the APA, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Him and Farouk. Oh, see, we've had this conversation because I didn't even realise... It was the same It person. was the same freaking person. No, exactly. Because I loved the APA. Yeah. And then you were like, it's the same guy. And I was like, no, it's not. I'm yeah. like, oh shit, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. It's just... Because to me, he didn't have the talent level 
to be up there. His promos were okay. I'm not going to say that they were awful, barring what happened on this mm. show, because I just didn't need that in my life. No. But, and again, it's not a physique-led business, but no. if you're back, not great in the ring, not overly great on the microphone, mm. and you look like a boiled bag of spuds, it's not a good combination. It's not a good combination. I don't know what he's bringing to the table. And the fact that in this yeah. promo, so JBL comes out on the balcony, yeah. just taking up all the oxygen in the fucking room. I just put, I can't stand this man. Bully, asshole, sack of crap wrestler. I feel like I went strong. You did, yeah, you did. Fired yeah. my shot early on that one. Um, I also put, is the phrase fruit booty allowed? Um, it's so weird but yeah because they were getting to him the fans were getting to him as he would have expected to be Mm -hmm. fair going into that environment and then he was bragging about what had happened at One Night Stand 2005 so if we ever cover that show you'll see it in person but I don't know if you're familiar with the wrestler the Blue Meanie nope okay well that's a character for you to discover at some point Um, there was a brawl between ECW and WWE guys and JBL legitimately started throwing potatoes. So when I say throwing potatoes, that's a term for throwing legitimate right hands. Being oh, stiff oh okay. Throwing potatoes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like throwing a bag of Jersey Royals at him or anything. Um, and cut him up. Basically busted oh, his face wow, open. Okay. Um, Blue Meanie was going to sue WWE. And WWE ended up giving him a job. And oh, he right, had a pay-per-view okay. match with JBL later down the line. Yeah. As a kind of recompense. Mm-hmm. And JBL... <laughs> was using that in his speech he said last time I was here I was beating that fat sack of crap up and oh, I was just like okay you're, you're getting heat mm-hmm. people are disliking you but for, not for the right reasons no it, because just you are legitimately a dick annoying. yeah yeah you've done very well with you know investments and all this kind of stuff outside of wrestling credit to you but just everything you've touched in wrestling apart from the APA I have not enjoyed yeah. at all Agree. It's a it's a detraction for me, and I, I wish it wasn't on this show. I really do. Um, so, what were your thoughts when JBL appeared on the balcony? I have three notes. One says, "Oh, I noted Rey Mysterio was there in the background. I wonder if he's got a match coming up because <laughs> obviously I didn't Google it. It so, also wasn't Rey. And I was like, was it not? No, it's just. Um, so you've been unfortunate here. That's just a generic Latino wow. gentleman wearing because really I, I'll be honest, looks like Rey Mysterio though. And to give you obviously credit, the mask and stuff. Like, to give you credit. Yeah, when I saw that, Quite I was like, what's he doing there? Oh, no, it's not him. Looked really... Yeah, statue-wise. Yeah, the and the necklace. Yep. I was like, brilliant. But, but no, it wasn't hey him. Hey-ho, that was fine. Um, the fact that he... Oh, it's just the, like the cowboy hat. I love a cowboy. We know I do. <laughs> Take off the hat. Makes me sad. Yeah. Because... It's not, he's not just, a cowboy-looking no, gentleman. Absolutely not. And my last point, I switched off and ate a Freddo. <laughs> Oh, you'd enjoy that. oh, that's yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. I like the fact that you could eat. I know Freddos aren't the biggest of chocolates oh, for anyone outside the UK. They're good, but you could eat a whole Freddo while JBL was still talking. It's pretty good. Was it? How do you eat a Freddo? Is it like a oh, two a, bite job, or do you no, nibble? You I'm nibble. a nibble around the outside. You nibble around the I outside. Nibble around the outside, and you still and then, did all that while yeah, he was talking. Absolutely. That's sensational bit of business. Good food, admin. Thank like you. Then. Okay, so now we move on to what a match that I was actually before it took place was really looking forward to because I thought okay. it's such a contrast of styles mm-hmm. I don't know how good or how bad they're going to mesh on the night mm-hmm. so it was a world title defence and mm-hmm. now I've called it a world title here because they took the heavyweight out after Rey Mysterio won the belt Yep. so through the Eddie exploitation, all that stuff you know riding the wave of momentum won the Royal Rumble 
beat Angle and Orton at Mania mm. in a triple threat, and then decided to put him with every big fucker in that locker room. I think it was Kane, Great Carly, I know was one of his early matches, mm-hmm. but probably Mark Henry. I don't know if he had something with the big show. Yeah, even Sexual Chocolate got involved. Like, oh. it was just. And if you're trying to. Again, this comes back to an ECW thing for me. Paul Heyman was always like, hide the negatives yep. and accentuate the positives. Okay. Rey Mysterio is not big. No. Do not shine a spotlight on that. No. To make him look. They set him up to fail immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's such a shame. Because yeah. there are people that he could work with. Even Angle. Angle's a lot bigger than him. Yeah. Angle and Ray have had great matches over the years. So it is doable. But he's not too big. No, he's not. I mean, I think he's about six foot Angle. I think he's just around that, that yeah. cut off. But it just seems a shame to take yeah. the heavyweight title out. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you weigh. If you won that title and it's you called the heavyweight it. title, yeah. it's the heavyweight title. Yeah, agreed. So, you're familiar <laughs> with Rey Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. He has a past in ECW. Mm-hmm. Sabu. Is this your yeah. first time seeing an official Sabu match? Yes. It what is. are your takeaways on the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal man known as Sabu? Right. My first note says homicidal, suicidal. Hmm. Bit close on the cusp there. Yeah. I mean, that hadn't happened not for a for, year. Not. For, I know, but yeah. obviously, watching it in hindsight, you think. Also, to call someone homicidal. Yeah, because he's yeah. Basically, the way that he that was. Means you're a murderer, right? Uh, yeah, effectively. I mean, genocidal is wiping out an in- entire species guess, of people. Yes, of course it is. Yeah. Um, well, a species of people. I could have used better terminology than that, uh, but you know what I yeah. mean. But Sabu was brought into ECW in the early days um, as... Oh, well, basically, he's still a madman now, but he was brought out on, like, a stretcher that he was tied to and given, like, a Hannibal Lecter oh, mask like a straight as he's kicking thing. out at people, trying to... So they basically had him down okay. as being a full-on one flew over the cuckoo's nest nutter. Yeah. And he plays it well. Yeah. Which is very funny. When you actually hear him talk normally, he's very reserved, mm-hmm. very calm... It's all the marijuana, to be fair. I mean, they love a bit of that, and there's, I've got a story on that okay. later on that relates to this show that's quite quite key. But what was your takeaway when you saw Sabu, he came out? What were your thoughts? Um, Not many, I'll be honest. Not many? No, purely because I knew I know I've watched Rey Mysterio quite a few times. I know his style of matches. Don't hate them. And actually, I saw the stature of this guy, mm-hmm. and I thought... He's not big, not huge. He's not massive, yeah. Actually, maybe I'll maybe I'll enjoy this. Maybe yep. they'll be of similar, similar to like the Tajiri match. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Fine. I thought, oh, okay. maybe it will be like a similar yeah. match where they're paired because they've got a similar yeah. fighting style. X Y Z. You know. Um, so I was prepared for a good match. What do you think about his fluffy trousers? Yeah. Um, didn't really wasn't really here for that. No. But it was good that they both had completely different, yes. like, opposite colours. Opposite, yep. like the At the beginning when they hold chairs, the chairs match the colour of yep. what they're wearing. Very clever. See, I liked Rey Mysterio's gear massively. I didn't like ECW written on the back of his mask. It felt like over pandering yeah, to the much. crowd. But the black and red gear is one of his better looks, I mm-hmm. think. Although the robe that he comes out in, it, it, it looks like he's borrowed it from a regular-sized man. And it looks like he's gone into his dad's wardrobe, oh, yeah, yeah. grabbed a loose-fitting suit, and went on mm-hmm. and gone, look at me, I'm a wrestler. Yeah. It, so that takes I, it away a little bit. I liked his gear then. Yep. But now, like, especially compared to now, I know he's an older man now. Still great nick for an older um, man. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. But he's it's a bit odd to me, because he's gone from, like, then the looser fit yeah. to now I'm going to wear spandex. Yeah, okay. 
like to me it should be the other way around but i preferred the look back in 2006 yep no i think it was um and this particular outfit i actually thought was really yeah. really good and i know that's not normally my domain to talk no, about that but go for it. i actually wrote it down i said it was really good um i think even the title looks big on ray like as he came out it takes up it takes it's up, up to his, his whole midsection yeah, yeah. And I feel like... For, just I, hold it. Don't yeah, wear hold it. it. Not even over the shoulder. Yeah, just hold it just in your hand. It, yeah. Because then the perspective... It's it little things like that. Smaller. Again, for me, it's like, don't... I mean, it's up to him. I'm sure he oh, chose to wear it course. out like that. And you're proud. I, I get it. But looking back at that, if that was me and I saw that, I'd be like, oh, I should have done something different. I'd have overanalyzed it. But he always wore it like that, didn't he? When he, he did. Had it. A fair yeah. play to him. Um, I put uh, red and black... Uh, yeah, red and black gear. Well, I put red and back gear on Ray as a solid look. Um... I put Sabu rushing and risk taking scares mm-hmm. me. Okay. So Sabu, where how do I describe this? So, well, I've kind of said it here. He's a risk taker, but a lot of the stuff he does is so on the fly, and he's not precise enough with what he's doing. Like he'll put a chair down mm-hmm. to jump off it, to hit the ropes, to do something else. Yeah. But he'll just put the chair roughly in the area and hope that what yeah, he does yeah. will work. And I've seen a lot, certainly, actually in this match, to be fair, he was pretty on point. I don't, mm-hmm. I think maybe once I saw him do a misstep. Yeah, I think there's only one or two that I noted. But, but. in his later years, which again, age and time caps catches up to everyone, he was known for just botching everything. Like all this stuff, like he would take multiple run-ups at things because he couldn't gauge the distance right. Mm-hmm. And I forgot, because it's been a while since I've seen the show, how much of that was involved in here. And I was pleasantly surprised with how little it was. I mean, they start off with the, the chairs, like you said, yep. swinging at each other, and I thought, this is going to be ridiculously stupid. Yes. So, th- for the match itself, what what did you think? How did you think the match played out? I thought it was all right. I thought it was, wasn't... I wasn't as hooked as I had been for the previous two. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Um, although they did... Um, oh, we couldn't remember the name of it then, and I still can't remember it now. The Hardys. Um Matt's on all fours. Poetry in motion. Thank you. And again, similar thing. Run, yeah. jump off a chair. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. That made me happy. L- Look good, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that in there. It just, it was fine. The beginning was fine. Towards the end, it started to make me nervous. Mm. Because as we've briefly mentioned, neck things I really don't like. Yeah. Anything that potentially is going to break your neck, hurt your neck. I don't like it, having yeah. been someone that's injured their neck. Yeah. And... Obviously, I'm jumping right to the end here, but the end, didn't like it. Really didn't like it. Right. I didn't like it for a different reason to you. Okay. And to give you a bit more background, Sabu has broken his neck in the past. Right. Well, I'm glad I didn't know that because it would have made it really painful He broke it, I think it was about 95, in a match with Chris Benoit. And that is how Chris Benoit got the nickname The Crippler at the time. Oh. So, you know, his finishing move, The Crippler Crossface. He was called The Crippler because he broke Sabu's neck. And to... In his defence, and there's very few things you can defend him on, mm-hmm. I don't think this was actually his fault. Right. So he went for a back body drop. Sabu got up in the air mm-hmm. and looked like he changed his mind on whether he was going to come down face first as a flapjack and then change his mind last minute and try to rotate. So uh... Sabu rotated himself onto his own head and he literally spikes himself. And you see him like rolling around and pointing at his neck and 
he was out for a long time but yeah so Sabu does have a neck okay. history well, as well I'm glad I didn't know that because it well, I didn't give made you any me background. even more tense while yeah. I was watching I didn't it. want to give you any background going into this I wanted you to experience yeah. it um, as it was and I put my god the chair shots when headshot chair shots were fine yeah this isn't even the worst example of it on the night no nope. but it's didn't like it at the, do you know what's bad at the time I loved it because I didn't well, think yeah, about the would, real world you? implications yeah. You, you just think, oh, they're, kid, they're trained to take it. There's like I thought it was gimmicked. There was something about yeah. it that you meant it was fine. It's not fine. No. And there's a few later. There's some really good ones later, and there's a couple not good ones at all later. Yeah. But Sabu setting the table up, then still chasing, uh, then still choosing to springboard to the floor on an empty thing was stupid. Yeah. It's just change it up. Don't do that. No. And the way that they were positioned on the guardrail as well. Just think about how bad that could have actually been. Yeah. Because it was it didn't look like the legs were resting over the guardrails. It was just no. the tip of the, the table on one of them, certainly. I don't know about the, the last one that they went through. Yeah. But just one motion of moving that guardrail back oh. and the end of the table goes down and they've got no control no, exactly. oh. about how they land. Yeah, just makes me nervous. And again, because <laughs> Sabu is, for me, one of the most scary men in terms of I don't know if he's going to hurt himself. Mm-hmm. And to be fair... I, I could be wrong. I don't think he often hurt other people. It was himself that he'd end mm-hmm. up hurting when he did this stuff. Um, I'd, I also noticed on Sabu's cheek, he had like a weird burn. And I was like, Yes, been, I saw that. Was that a branding iron? Because he oh. came out with that. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, <coughs> oh, okay. Like, but obviously there's no background. I no, I like, mean... Oh, a bit brutal, I could, but it I, gives him a bit of an edge, I suppose. Yeah, like, that's true. Looks wise. I could have looked into it, but I know that uh, ECW actually had an independent show that were put together by some other people, mm. some other of the originals. And I don't know if Sabu appeared on that show, so maybe it was a fresh injury yeah, fr- from that. But it looked, whatever it was didn't look pretty. It, no, it did not. I mean, and I've seen this man in a match uh, before where it was a barbed wire rope match, Ooh. so no ropes, barbed yep. wire, where he landed in it, and he was there was blood coming out of his arm. It Don't get me wrong, didn't look good, mm-hmm. but it didn't look as bad as what it actually was but what he'd done was he'd te- torn the skin completely open you could see the muscle and he taped oh, his own arm feel, shut that makes me feel sick so that's vile yeah yeah horrendous but um, maybe one day we'll um... no thanks don't watch that <laughs> well you won't know what show it's on um, but it was actually me. quite a good match I mean the springboard uh, crotch to face through the table was well ah, done that's what it is I've got raised crotch jump on a table great yeah. and I'm reading it going Really what good. Sabu that? took it well. So Sabu was standing <laughs> yeah. on the table. Ray leapt on. Crotch up. They yes, went through the table. That was is. a good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was really nice and nice and clean. I thought. I liked um, the. There was one where he, um, Sabu jumps from the chair to the top rope to do a moonsault. Yeah. I loved it. No one's home. Yeah. But Arabian I was like, moonsault. oh, that's so oh, no, good. Triple jump moonsault. And then me. there was obviously it didn't impact anything. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, that looks so good. If only there was someone there. Yeah, so again, one of Sabu's usual tropes was doing moves like that back in the day. Um, Taz on commentary said, Sabu is in pain. And I said, that is pretty much Sabu's life. If you've ever watched him wrestle, I imagine the man is <laughs> continuously in pain. And I fully understand his yeah. heavy marijuana use. Because, my God, you'd need it my for God, the stuff yeah. that he put himself through. Um, I also put here a note of Sabu nearly caving Ray's face in by landing on it. Um, there was a bit where I think he kind of misjudged. I mean, Ray didn't look like he'd overtly injured no. himself, but it looked the landing didn't look right. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what part you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it reminded me look... of clean. Mm. Yeah, 
I don't know if you ever saw the thing with Chris Nowitzki, who was very briefly a WWE. I know wrestler. that name. If I googled him, I'd know who he was. In two thousand and three, in the Royal Rumble, where uh, missile drop kicks came out of two corners, and the first one he took and the second one he landed, and then Edge landed straight on his face like that. Okay. Gave him a massive concussion, ended his career. Oh and wow. Chris Nowitzki set up a, a foundation about all these uh, former people of WWE and WWF and suing. Yeah, makes um, sense. So yeah, that was, and it just, um, it made me think of that. Um, I put Ray's having no more kids, landing on the chair with his oh, genitals. Yes. Wasn't the first man, uh, well, sorry, wasn't the only man to have this happen to them over the course of the night. Um, but then right afterwards, put never mind the chair shot that followed killed him anyway. So brutal chair shots, uh, especially on such a little person. Um, now we get to the ending, okay. The DDT through the table could have gone badly. I understand why you didn't like it. I thought it was good. What I didn't like was how the fuck, in an extreme match, are you ending it on a draw because both have got boo-boos? Yeah. It didn't sit right with me. The ending was poor. It didn't... It wasn't enough to end it like that. I didn't like it personally because of my own personal feelings. Yeah. But did I watch it and think anyone had damaged themselves enough for you to be finishing it like this? No. No. And nor did the crowd, because the crowd let them know exactly what they thought of that finish. And I agree with them. Yeah. Especially seeing as it was made clear it was an Extreme Rules Mm -hmm. match. It was a a nice-looking move that wasn't enough to end it. No. Um, so yeah, I guess Rey Mysterio defending his world title on a technical draw, which was a shame because the match itself was cleaner than I rem- remembered it being. Did I enjoy it as much as the tag team match and maybe even Orton Angle? Possibly not. No. But it certainly I wouldn't put it in a bad pile. It was definitely not the worst match of the night. It wasn't the worst match of the night. Um, nope. So... I don't think you'll think this is the worst match of the night. I think there's one more that you'll think is worse than this. But we move on now to... And again, this is in... uh, I couldn't have made more notes on this match, I'll be honest. That is the length of my notes on this one match that we're approaching now. Uh, We've got Edge and McFoley. I didn't make many, Versus Terry... Well, probably because Edge was there. Versus Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer. And it turned into basically a six-person intergender tag with uh, Beulah McGillicutty. Tommy Dreamer's wife yep. and uh, Lita. Mm. Now, where would you like to... So I'm going to leave this one with oh, you to, to lead off with because at least I know you know pretty much all of the participants. I knew everybody. Yeah, okay. I was well happy. So what were your thoughts when, when this came up? So obviously, I think before it started, there was the promo for this one, which I always like a little promo when it's a match I haven't seen because it gives you a little bit of a background. Um, and Tommy Dreamer, I remember him as being like one of the hardcore yeah like always coming out hardcore matches always ECW's reference Kendo Stick like brilliant Mick Foley haven't actually watched a lot of Mick Foley matches I'll be honest you're in for some treats yeah I've seen a couple but not especially when he's Mick Foley yeah haven't seen that many I'll be I'll be honest Edge wasn't my favourite person at this time okay beautiful I don't like the hair but the hair is an awkward length. Yeah. And we know my loyalties lie with the Hardys. Yeah. I, I really didn't like the Lita Edge combination. Didn't well, we touched like upon it. it actually from episode zero with the match that you picked in the TLC and JR's yep. unfortunate commentary yep. comment of Lita jerking Edge off. Now, this was very much in the uh-huh. post Lita jerking Edge off phase. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but I think at this point they were already not together. No. And they were 
obviously for the the roles they had to carry on with it which must have been awkward especially with some of the stuff they were doing yes i just so, didn't like it and so, i still don't like it now so what did you think of like <laughs> going into this match i can't imagine you had high expectations given you had a couple well you had a geriatric in there and terry funk a legend we lost oh, yeah. him actually this year real mm-hmm. really sad to hear that but at this age it makes me uncomfortable watching just because he's, yeah. but he's so good yeah he's so good at making it, me think he's injured and I don't know, any time I see a funk match after like the mid nineties, I, I don't mm-hmm. know, I'm on edge. I'm on edge. Oh, I see what you did there. Oi! Hey, that was like, yeah, no, that was fully <laughs> fully intended there. That's we'll style that one out. Yeah, I don't know. Like this is why I literally have five points for this match. I thought you'd have loads for this one. No, it kind of I'll be honest, this was very mid mid card to me. It didn't hit the it didn't hit the peaks that I thought it would hit. This was effectively the co-main event. It wasn't the one that went second on last, mm. but this was effectively, it, it for just, all intents and purposes, billed as the co-main event. It didn't. Yeah, I think I had high expectations because of who was in it. Mm. I was like, oh, this is going to be brilliant, but it just didn't do it for me. But I also don't like the whole blood thing okay mainly because i can't work out whether it's real or if it's fake it's real and then the guy um terry funk goes out halfway through doesn't he because he he, oh god it's just blood everywhere and then comes back out again and i'm just a bit like okay but i've got a lot of so what i'll do is Mm -hmm. for this one i because i've made extensive notes i'll read through my notes you jump in don't let me waffle on okay because it's a it's a two-person gig this and people get very bored of my voice after a while if they haven't already (laughs) so i'll start off and put foley with a black eye before the match even starts yeah looking like that neighbor that parents tell their children to give a wide berth just in a flannel shirt looking a little bit dangerous i mean i put this entrance doesn't help like it always just makes me smile yeah. His entrance music just always makes me smile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like Mick Foley. Yeah. He's so good. And for his lack of general, and he'd be the first one to say this, for his general lack of athleticism, mm-hmm. what he achieved he makes up for in wrestling. One of, the, one of my favourite promos of all time is Mick Foley. The way he was able to go between characters mm-hmm. that all landed as well, like, Three faces of Foley, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, Mankind, all very different, all worked because of Mick Foley, which is incredible character work for him. Um, but yeah, like I said, he does look a, a little bit like there'd be a strong stench. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you feel like you could taste it in the air, like there's mm. just a general mildewy, salty taste in the air. Okay. Yeah. But just being around him. But um, so he starts off with a bit of a promo. So he goes, uh, one line in particular caught me, but all right, I sold out. I sold out Madison Square Garden. Yeah, no. I was like, brilliant. Yeah, that was good. I love, I mean, Mick was always good for a, a cheap pop anyway by just mentioning like the area that he was in and stuff like that. And he managed to use it again, but not in the traditional babyface sense, which I thought was good. My second note, and this follows a theme from uh, the match that you picked oh, fucking hell, Lita. 100% wore it better than Edge. Because they were twinning a little bit there. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Both with the white tops, the black and the trousers. And I don't understand gravity. Oh, how did how did everything stay where it should have been for Lita? This is this is where I, I need your, your <gasps> oh input as a God. female, please. She's got a lot of scaffolding going on, I think. In the... When we say scaffolding, not to be creepy, I'm genuinely curious because there's... 
I, mean, I don't honest, understand. I don't know because I'm not gifted in that aspect of life. And I don't think a lot of these people are naturally either. Well, she isn't. But it does boggle my mind how your tits can be under your chin. But stay there as well. Like, yeah, they don't move anywhere, Because you they? said there must have been a lot of support underneath. Yeah. But I can't work out, based on the little that we can see, yeah. how... Like, if that was me... I mean, yeah. to be fair, if I looked like that, I'd have more questions than, than anything. But I just can't understand. Like, I feel like if I sneezed, like, I'd yeah, walk to tits out yeah. or something. It's... Very impressive. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you f- uh, for that. I mean, we come on to we come on to a bit more later stuff in a minute. Yeah. Um, so Edge even says that uh, the fans are going to ma- masturbate over Lita uh, later that oh, evening. Just... I mean, they're not wrong. Have you seen the people in that crowd? Well, yeah, true. But again, this is the stuff that I just didn't. I, I mean, I don't like. At it. this time, I was seventeen, so. Yeah, I suppose at that age, I mean, at that age, it wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have been the target audience, but the people that were, yeah. I get it. But I was just like, ugh. It's, and I think because I didn't like them together anyway. No, so. that's that's perfectly fair. Um, and then we've got here. I mean, I think there was a bit where Lita simulates doing a BJ very briefly. Yes. Um, oh, yes. I'm glad you caught that because mm. if I said it and you went, no, she didn't. I feel a little bit like a wrongin. No, I did question whether that happened and then just moved on. That, if we're being perfectly honest, it's not the back, worst thing they've ever done. Is on, it? Well, on my uh, on the DVD, that must have got paused more <laughs> than most other elements of DVDs in my wrestling collection back in the day. Sure. And yeah, I'm seventeen, honestly. Yeah, anything understood. Just anything that had two mounds was like if I went past a set of hills. There was a chance that I'd get excited at that oh, age. God. Bless me. Um, that let you into a little window of my life that you probably could have all done without hearing. But uh, it's it's the truth, and this is what uh, we're here for. Uh, well, not for that, but... <laughs> oh so then we've got Terry Funk emerges, mm. dribbling like the crazy old bastard he is. Mm-hmm. Literally just... I mean, oh, he had a load of water in his mouth, but I just thought, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. There was a second I thought he's literally just... Yeah. He's been licking windows, and this is the what's been left over from him. Tommy Dreamer looks so happy to be relevant. I put that. Okay. Um, this is his home environment, home field advantage, yeah. and... Anytime they start chanting ECW or Tommy Dreamy, he just looks genuinely so happy to yeah. be alive. Yeah. And it's quite nice. Yeah, it's nice. It yeah. is nice. Um, because basically everywhere else he's been, he's not really been mm-hmm. relevant, at least not to the levels that he was in ECW. I feel for Tommy Dreamer as well, a lot of the times that he came to the forefront, there are a few big angles he was in in the original ECW back in the day. He had a feud with Raven mm-hmm. that went on for ages where there was like buddies at high school. Um Raven always got the chicks. Tommy didn't because he was a bit of a geek and blah, 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 blah. He had a really good thing with Sandman. I think that might have been preceded the Raven um, story angle that they had where Sandman literally caned him, I think, 20 times to the point where even the ECW crowd were, like, they went silent. Oh, okay. like And going, oh, like, it just was uncomfortable when his back was all oh, torn up mm-hmm. to bits. But I feel like a lot of Tommy Dreamer's level of prominence in ECW was because other people had left. Right, okay. That's not to say he wasn't very good. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't to say he was undeserving. But there was others that were more entertaining that were there, then weren't there. And then when they left, Tommy mm-hmm. Dreamer moved up. Yeah. So Raven got a bit more preferential treatment than Tommy did. Mm-hmm. Raven left. Taz definitely got more preferential treatment. Even Sandman briefly went to WCW at one point. And as <laughs> we'll, we'll touch upon him later. Right. But Tommy Dreamer just always felt a bit like an afterthought. So it, it was genuinely quite heartwarming to see him being happy because they wanted him there yeah which i thought was just quite a nice little little thing for him 
So I mentioned here that I jumped ahead on the simulator blowjob thing because of what Beulah said about can't believe the stuff coming out of your mouth is worse than the stuff. Oh my god! Yes, 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 I do very remember clever that. Line. That was very clever. Yeah. Very clever line. Um, so I put Funk and Foley having a slap fight like two winos outside of Weatherspoons. Um, that's just the vibes I was getting from that one. Okay. Um, but they've got a notorious history. They're really good friends right, outside okay. of the business. They've yeah they've got nothing but time for each other. But <laughs> the the fist they were throwing just was yeah not 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 the best work, but. Also, Funk, throwing a chair. I don't know if you saw this. It was when they were outside, so they're brawling outside, throwing these little slaps. Funk just grabs a chair and throws it up in the air. Oh, yes, I did see that, and I just went, where is that going to go? Who is that going to hit? Again, it kind of goes with his whole shtick of being a bit of a crazy old bastard. Hmm. And But that there, was, there were children in that yep. crowd, or young people in that audience, yep. and there was one that very nearly got it. I think, fortunately, the leg of the chair hit Foley, which can't have felt good. No. But Still. I just thought it's it's a risky yeah, risky move to take yeah. in that environment. But it paid off, but again, had me on edge. A bit like Sabu's work earlier. Yes. I put 10 straight headshots and I winced thinking we were a year away from the Benoit incident. Mm-hmm. That's all I could think about now with chair shots to the yeah, head. Yeah, for sure. Um, I still think there's a way that they can mask chair shots better. I don't think it always has to be because the positioning of when someone clearly turns their back and tenses for it looks a bit too fake yeah apologies for the using the f word but i feel like they could do it just put your hand i don't care i'd rather see like aim high but someone get their full arms and hands up to block all the impact on it because you would if you saw it coming of course you would if you were gonna hit i mean i don't know if you're gonna hit me with a chair i'm not just gonna stand there and turn my back on it just to be clear i also haven't hit you no i know you wouldn't but but yeah it's a natural reaction no i just don't like the fact you said if I hit if you, you would, with a chair. Yeah, just because we're one. both here. Okay, fine. Yeah. If someone was going to hit me with a chair, I'm oh, not yeah, just going to look at it. Like, yeah. I feel like sometimes they take out natural reactions. Yes. And it's just a bit like, no, let's just have... Like you say, the running, yeah. stop. Yeah. Like, it's a natural reaction. Yeah. They so should incorporate that more. People know, like, unless you're a, a, you know, a young kid, people mm-hmm. know what's happening here. Yeah. We're not watching because we're trying to catch people out and make mistakes we want to get immersed in it we want to get drawn into the reality that they're creating and it's little things like that that i think could be massively improved Mm -hmm. if they just did little things like i'm sure there's a reason they don't because one miss hit and then it's a it's Mm -hmm. a different issue isn't it so but just just something to think about if you're listening uh wwe and anyone else (laughs) so again back to that crazy old bastard terry funk wearing the ladder and spinning i said saw something in b and q the other week um, but I don't think he worked there. <laughs> but just the whirly bird helicopter yeah, thing that hits no one. No. It's a nice little reaction. Nothing. But also, the man, I think at this point in time, is 60 plus. Oh, God, honestly. Just what are you doing? Just stomp. Like, you're not even spinning it enough momentum. I feel like I could put my hands down. You could hit me inside the head. So, yeah, I mean, Terry Funk spinning around at the pace he was, I don't feel like it was going to do any damage at all. It's not a move that I would have looked at and gone, oh, my God. But to be fair, I mean, if you were spinning around at enough of a rate to actually do damage, that's terrifying. Yeah. That is terrifying, so, again, fair enough. Um, Funk falling off a ladder hurt me. I I winced, because it feels like your granddad... (laughs) Everything he did made me wince. It's like your granddad going up into the loft Mm -hmm. to get Christmas decorations, missing a step and just falling down, because he falls like an old man, because he is an old man. And it just... I winced, I'm just like, oh... Come on, Terry, stop. I mean, he'd already had about six retirements at this point. If oh, not more. okay. 
His first retirement was like in the 80s. Jesus. I want to say 88, 89, maybe even earlier than that. But fair play to it. He just loved the business. That's the thing. It's the the adrenaline high or something he was getting from it. It was a constant in his life. He just kept coming back. And at a point, someone has to be there to say, stop it. Yeah. Like, for their own sake, Mm -hmm. as much as anything. I mean, Funk probably lasted a lot longer than many would have expected him to, to be fair. Yeah. Um, But... Like I see stuff with Ric Flair these days. I'm like, just please people. I know he needs. God. I get it. He needs money. So I understand it from that point. But I don't want to see him. No. It's everything he does is like staying there now. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't watch. Arguably AEW the greatest. Soon, I know. I saw that recently. Mm-hmm. Arguably the greatest to ever do it. I don't want to see him around anymore. No. Because every it's like with Undertaker. It's too dangerous to me. It's too. It's not even just for you. It's too dangerous for the other people that you are now wrestling with. Because what if to me I know. We know, like, the whole wrestling thing. But what if someone does something to you which you can't handle and then you really hurt yourself because you're old, bottom line? The the guilt is just... And also, it's boring. Yeah. It's boring TV to me. Well, Ric Flair only officially retired, was it last year or the year before? And... But that was just from I, I don't mind him WWE, doing, wasn't like, it? He's now fucking on AEW. Yeah, but like. I, don't, I would be very surprised if he has a, a match for them. Is he scheduled for a match? Yep. Is he actually? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, Rick, Rick, please don't mm-hmm. do this. Also, fucking shame on Tony Khan. Like, I like everything you're doing there, but that, it's just, you know, someone needs to be there to stop these people from hurting themselves. Mm-hmm. And I get it, because, oh, having a Ric Flair match would look... Just think about the individual. You'll be making money without that. Just think about the individual. Anyway, sorry to get a little bit off topic on that. Um, I think as well we start seeing... Lita very much gets confused because she starts clapping at one point as the crowd are chanting, she's a crack whore, mm-hmm. which is at her. Mm-hmm. Did you spot this as well? I Why just, was she clapping? Yeah, I don't I don't really understand. I don't think she understood what was going on half the time because a lot of the facial Well, she's on crack, and the, the facial expressions, the reactions, the... I was just like, it just, it's not needed. And I know she was needed because of the other woman. Beulah, yeah. But, you know, you're just a bit like, we don't need you here. It's, it's not... For me, it's just not needed. I mean, yeah. Personal okay. feelings aside... Yeah, uh, and again we go back. We go back to the crowd. Uh, well, a couple of things. First, we see the barbed wire. Mm. When they peel the barbed wire off the clothing and the flesh, I don't have like a, a strong gag reflex for many things. No. <laughs> for many things, no. Well, for like gore, <laughs> okay. Uh, specifically Thank you for clarifying in the that, gore. Yeah. We'll ask about yours later. Oh, um, okay. But just it. It makes me feel unwell. It unsettles me. Yeah. I'm even like kind of wincing as I'm talking about thinking. Yeah, one of the only notes I have is the barbed wire stuck to Tommy Dreamer's ear. Oh, yeah. Vile. Yeah, well, and uh, do you ever hear about... Well, to be fair, this wasn't with barbed wire, but do you ever know how Mick Foley lost his ear? I feel like I do, but I just don't remember. So it was a... I want to say it was a match in Germany Mm. against Vader. Mm. And he, Mick Foley used to do this thing where he'd dive over the top rope, but he'd put his head between the top and middle so that when he'd go over, the ropes would twist and he'd be effectively guillotined in it. Caught his ear, took his ear off. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, so oh, I don't, I don't think... Because I originally thought it was barbed wire related, but I don't actually think it was. That's not in a pay-per-view, is it? 
No. Lovely. I don't even know if that's recorded. Great. To be fair. Means we won't ever watch no, it. No, we won't. There, there's some things that I, if I ever think Thanks. we're going to have to watch it, I'll pre-warn you Good on time. anything gruesome because there's one in... Anyway, we won't worry about that now. But the fans then start chanting, we want fire. Mm. <laughs> Why do no they thanks. want to kill their heroes? No, thanks. Why do they want Terry Funk to die? Yeah, that's a bit odd. Like, it's already enough. Like, let's yeah. just leave it be, please. Pissing blood. I mean, Edge, I'm pretty sure, wasn't supposed to bleed, but he gets caught with mm-hmm. something at one point, which gives him a right, little trickle um, yeah. in his head. So that was done hard way. So no one had to, to blade for him there. But I, I don't know. I just think... And the crowd are chanting as well, we want Sandman. Like, they just thought this part of the show was going to be absolute carnage and it was but to me the reason I thought the match itself was okay Mm -hmm. but it felt like moment to moment rather than there was no connective tissue yeah to me I've put the whole match is a bit of chaos there's no organisation it just seems a bit messy but like a different kind of chaos to the TLC match that you picked for the yeah like to me that was not planned but like structured chaos yeah, so this it, one it made me is logical sense to go from one everyone thing for to themselves. Right. You're, there's no actual teamwork going on here. Well, yeah, to I mean, me. and like you said, Terry Funk gets taken out of the match yeah. for a bit. He's talking about his eye, blood pissing down his face. Did, I heard my eye, and I thought, do not show me anything to do with someone's freaking eye. eye. And then I was like, <laughs> he's fine. If yeah. he's saying it's his eye, he's fine. But the fact he's going, my eye, make my eye, and it made me just think. They're trying to do it like, a, oh, this is legitimate. Mm-hmm. This isn't planned. He goes out. Obviously, it's um, then three on two for for a fair while. Yeah. Um, I think so. This was the the other moment where we got Dreamer joins the No More Babies Club. Oh yeah. Um, yes. So him and Ray very much in the No More Children uh-huh. front these days. We've got again another note. I've got Foley close to losing a second ear, courtesy of barbed wire board. Just stop, stop this. Horrible. It's, Thank you. No. It's just ugly. Like again, even when I was younger, I what the first time I watched a barbed wire match was like a morbid curiosity. Mm-hmm. But they're very limiting. Yeah. And there's not really not too much you can actually do. Yeah. I don't. I don't like it. No. No. It's, I mean, it wasn't obviously an official barbed wire match, but no. There's it a got lot of it in there. Oh, absolutely. Um. <laughs> So I've got Edge simulates violating Beulah for the first time. Oh yeah, that's my last my last point. With the pump handle slam. So this was before the finish of the match, yep. where he's uh, giving giving her a good seeing to. Is this the one where she's literally like bent in half? Like yeah. three times they do this. And I'm yep. like, I saw it the first time. Yep. It was wrong but mildly amusing. I don't need to see it twice more. Yeah, because Edge is a dirty, dirty boy. Apparently which is, so. as soon as we came rated our superstar, Edge is on the hunt. If there's a bit of strange in front of him, he's going to pounce. You better believe he's going to pounce. Just and uh, yeah, so with the, the pump handle slam, which he turns into some sort of thrusting action, uh, I don't know. And then <sighs> bewildered Funk returns. I just said he looks a fucking mess. And that's kind of where him and Foley just ended up. Yeah, going through just that. going through the table, whatever yeah. it was, of barbed wire, and just yeah. staying there. For Whilst the rest. Foley was on fire, I don't yeah. know if you saw that I in the replay. Didn't they like? I t- at this point, I was like, let it be done, please. Yep, I'm over it. His back was literally on fire as he fell Horrible. through that, and they're in there. And I don't know how, but Terry Funk seems to loop his arm underneath yes, I the saw barbed that, wire, actually. and it's bruising because he's old. Mm-hmm. He he's going to bruise like a banana. Bless him. Oh yeah. It, oh, it's just very uncomfortable. Yeah, I very don't uncomfortable. Like it. it was a nice little as when it first happens, you go oh, and then you but go. Then you still oh. see them there like five minutes later. Yeah, getting like, wire cutters yeah, and, okay. and the rest of it out. 
Well, I think the worst ending to a match. Not even I've ever seen. not even this. Like okay. the barbed wire bit round the face. Oh yeah, no, that's horrible. Yeah, so I think Tommy Dreamer got it around the eyes mm-hmm. nearly at one point, which I, I'm hoping it wasn't actual barbed wire because that's too risky no. for something like that. And Edge like got it in the submission move, but he kind of helped put it there himself. Yeah, but I digress. But yeah, let let's speak of let's speak of the the oh, ending here. God. I mean, after the Styles obligatory cat fight shout, which was a a thing that he used to do all the time in ECW. Right. We come to the the end of the match where Beulah's standing in the ring. She sees the predator that is Edge. Yep. Clearly goes, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Gets speared. Good spear. She took it very well. She sold that very well. Now the I pin. don't think she needed to sell it because I feel like it's that's just how it was. The pin honestly made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I like Edge. Like, but at this point I didn't. No. But just watching it, I was like, this is just not ageing well. No. Because you sure as fuck couldn't do that down now. Oh, hell no. You couldn't like, have had that kind of match no, now, let alone... But the, the, the let's simulate, like, you know, basically banging, dry humping yeah. her. Yeah. And also, I'm sorry, if I'm Lita and this is happening, absolutely not. That's no. my man. Yes. Yeah. Like, I would be fucking <laughs> Or Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Like, and who's I, watching I just, his wife get fucking you know, jackknifed like, I get it and I get that it's for entertainment but I was just watching this being like at no point would I be okay with any of this no. it cemented him as a dick though, didn't yeah, it yeah for sure it, that, they did that that really did their ultimate goal was for that Which and that is what it, happened it did but I just those are the moments I watch and I'm just like oh yeah I forgot about that era of you being an absolute yeah. knob yeah. don't like it so yeah as we say uh, Edge spears Bueller and penetrates her for the one two three what the hell just happened is what I put. Yeah. Like, yeah. again, it's mainly for the didn't age well thing, but I remember at the time thinking, are you allowed to do that? Like... It's just odd. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh, great. On to my favourite match of the night, yeah? Yeah, I thought this would be your least favourite <laughs> match. So, we're going to now talk about the Balls Mahoney and Masato Tanaka Yeah, match. it was joyful. So, what were your thoughts? Because you won't know either of these two fellas. Um, no, however, when Balls Mahoney first came out, I thought it was Raven. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I obviously hadn't watched it oh, as no. well, and I didn't know how how long ago like Raven had been in it. Was he still around at that time? I didn't know, and I was like, has he just eaten a lot and it was Raven and know, then, I, know what you, I, t- I know what you mean yeah I know what you it's mean it's kind of like the hair was the same the the face kind of was similar yeah if you'd have just like blown Raven up a little bit that's what he looked like yeah I mean so I did have to google and make sure that it wasn't the same person like his alias Balls by Honey yeah. brilliant um, Masato Tanaka any initial thoughts there none just honestly I saw them both come in and I literally went if I hadn't already eaten a Freddo, I'd be getting another one. <laughs> you didn't have another Freddo to no, have. No, I didn't. Oh, sad I times. just I I knew it was a filler. Yeah. And it was so apparent it was a filler. Yeah. And again, I've got three notes on it. One yeah. of it says, not really interested in this much. <laughs> Thought it was Raven. Yeah. Um Oh the beer there was beer from from the crowd. Yes. That was a nice touch. Yeah. That was my highlight of the match for me. Brilliant. That was that a was highlight it. of the match. That's all your, your points covered I on this. It was pointless. To I me. said it was like surprisingly clean open exchanges. The, the match served a purpose. It, it gave the it, break between yeah. what just happened yeah. and the main event. 
I saw that Balls actually injured his back, apparently, going outside of the ring, because he shouts and they bleep it. Oh, really? I think he just shouts, oh, fuck, the way he hits his lower yeah. back hard on the apron as he goes outside the ring. Um, beers to the head was a comment that I put in there as well. Yeah, I didn't, but I enjoyed I'd like a bit of beer work, you know, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, but you don't like it when... If that was my beer, though, yes. I'd be freaking livid. Well, as again, we know. Holly's talking from a perspective where she's had beer <laughs> knocked on her at a show we've attended. My own beer. Yeah, you've knocked also knocked me. beer over yourself Yes, at man. a show. That's a different show. <laughs> yes. Um, again, a story for another time, but yeah. Um, so Holly's got strong opinions on beer she and wrestling. my beer alone. Like. <laughs> Um, I did. There was one good spot in there. I thought the superplex to Balls because Masato Tanaka, he used to be a bit of a bigger guy. Right. For him to actually power Balls up in the way yeah, he did, yeah. look good. Kudos to, did, to yeah, him to do it. Absolutely. But... And then um, I didn't even. Oh no, I did put a little comment. Said chair shot warping Tanaka's skull for the three. The ugliest chair shot of the night by a mile. Yeah, nice. Horrendous. Nice. Like that's how. How do you like? Live? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We've seen stars for a long time. But I don't like... He's still alive now, as far as I'm aware. I don't think he's dead. But I feel like that should kill a man. Yeah. Just, anyway. So, that was that. Was that. My, I last, mean, my last point just said, I enjoyed the chant at the end of the match. Balls. Balls, balls, balls. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was, that was again, the beer and the balls. The, the beer and the balls. Brilliant. <laughs> balls Mahoney from Nutley, New Jersey. I don't know if you spotted okay. that. So, um... I think they might be lying. Um, yes. So I preemptively wrote down that we were going to the main event, but we, we weren't quite going to the main event just as of yet. Okay. We had um, we have Eugene come out. Oh, God, yes. No, sorry, I've written a subtitle that says the main event, and then before it even starts... That's exactly I've what I did. I've started to write comments about... Um, Although, before we get to Eugene, okay. the first comment I wrote was the intro, so the promo, made me want to watch that WrestleMania. Okay. Don't remember what it was, but right. it made me want to watch it. Right. I couldn't even tell you what WrestleMania it was. Brilliant. But hey-ho, I wrote it down. Okay. Um, RVD. Yeah. One of the few men who I will allow to rock a unitard. Brilliant. So again, one of Holly's strong aversions to human, uh, or men specifically wearing gear in wrestling... Is the unitard? I hate them. I hate them. Like I know like, there Bron- are a few few people that I like. Kurt Angle, great. Fine. Yep. Like, RVD, wrestler works. Great. Tie dye, all that kind of. Yeah, like, and I like the art. like the graffiti, Dragons, like yeah. all of that sort of stuff. And you're gonna say the guy that I freaking hate. Bron Breaker. Oh, honestly, no. His daddy used to wear it though. I don't as well. Okay. No, I'm not going. So we, like we're not gonna okay. dive right. into that. I just don't like him. But RVD, brilliant. It works. Absolutely brilliant. It works, as you can see from the, the shelf just there with his little red and black and white tie-dye gear. So um, it's there's a lot there's a lot going on on that shelf. But, yeah, you're right. I got caught out as well because they did the promo package for the main event. Yeah. So I was like, we're going straight into that. And, and then it broke off. But the thing that I thought was weird was that I remember this happening, but I thought, oh, maybe it was 2005 and I've just uh, misremembered okay. the show it was on. Yeah. And then we see Eugene. What do you know of Eugene? This made my heart sad because I remember, so I remember him being a character. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, I don't even know how old I was, a little bit older than you. Um, 18, 19. Was I? Brilliant. 2006. Great. Yeah. Um, but I just remember being like, I'm sure this is not okay. Yeah. Because he's clearly not the, the way they are portraying him mm-hmm. because that would not be safe. Yep. 
so how is it okay to be acting like so? So I did a little googling. We're cutting edge. <laughs> I did a little googling, yeah. and once I googled it and I found out the backstory to why they did it, I was like, "That is really sweet." Share the backstory, please, because I actually don't think I know this. So it was someone's, like, it was the trainer or someone's trainer had an autistic son, who was very. I mean, we know the characteristics of autism; like, they're very intelligent, but you like know, there's a lot of things on, exactly, yeah. and he said that there was no one in wrestling that gave his son like a mirror image of himself. Okay. And so I liked the idea of it. it I did. I genuinely don't think I knew that. Yeah, I had to Google it because in my to, head to I was settle like, it with who yourself. thought this was a good idea? Because So the guy that plays Eugene is yes. uh, Nick Dinsmore, very mm-hmm. good professional wrestler, and they felt like he got saddled with a gimmick that was beneath him, mm-hmm. quite frankly. But I didn't know that backstory going into it. Yeah, that's why I had to. I had but does to... that not make what happens next worse? Well, this is where I just didn't understand it because I was like, I like the idea of it. I think it's very sweet. As in, yes, you're right. You know what? There are a lot of demographics that aren't covered. Yeah. There is a reason why they're not covered because it's just not safe. However, yeah. the fact that this guy just got absolutely booted around from left to right, the, yeah, and the way the crowd chance them and i just think it's not okay so it's the reason they were because they know as well as anyone that that isn't the guy oh, of course the guy doesn't have those difficulties no. that it's portraying they are because he's the basically the archetype of a wwe person he has no place on that show mm-hmm. shouldn't be there no the crowd are letting him know that could have been anyone relatively yeah. speaking they, it just happened to be that they used Eugene yes, for this. which I really don't think was the right call. No, I mean... If you're going to do anything, get two freaking women out there and have some form of time filler if you really need one. Yeah. Like, just not... This just didn't sit well with me, but, especially at an ECW crowd. I mean, it's uh, when he comes out, I, th- I just remember thinking, we're going to have to cover this so carefully because yeah. we, we make jokes and stuff like oh, that. Oh, of course. But... You, there's just some things you just no, you I have just... to be very careful with how you, how you touch upon it and like when <laughs> I actually thought this and Taz said it he said go away please mm-hmm. just it needs to not happen here yeah I literally said can we just have the main event please yeah I don't need this I, there was I'll be honest there was one bit where I thought Eugene played off the crowd actually very well it was when the in the middle of the crowd chanting fuck you Eugene and he was treating it like he went, oh, and good luck to you too. Yeah. Brilliant. That was up there with the Randy Orton to mm-hmm. the fans, saying yeah. my fans Very clever. Night. Very clever. And then he comes out with a poem. The poem, which it makes everyone sad. And then we see Sandman come out. And for as bad as it is seeing Eugene in an ECW ring in general, I've just got here, enter Sandman. See what I did there? Mm, I did. And I put fucking state of that, Um, looking like Christ knows what. Honestly. He looks like... Have you ever... Did you watch Gogglebox? Yes. You know the uh, older woman um, with her best mate? And they Mm -hmm. live in the... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sandman (laughs) looks like a little bit like her when she takes her glasses off. Okay. I don't know her name. No, I don't. But that's the vibe that I get. Except he looks like he's had all the drugs. 
All of them. All of the drugs at the same time. And could give you all of them too. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no. He's I definitely don't. got a, like a ball of something stuffed up his ass for later. <laughs> There's no way he doesn't. The whole of it just made me really uncomfy. It wasn't necessary. I just, just, like, caning, filler, like, like, leave him alone. Caning someone with like a mental handicap. I, it wasn't good at the time, but it was, you know, it was edgy, it went with the ECW thing, but mm. even then they must have thought, this isn't going to look good no, down the line. absolutely not. Um, but they still went ahead with it. I mean, Eugene actually was a really good wrestler as well, like not as necessarily no. as the character, but it's a shame that he never got to amount to anything, but as soon as you're saddled with that, I mean, what, where you do you can't go from there? Come, you can't come back from Where'd that. Where'd you go from there? Back, Nowhere. You know. So, yeah, Sandman comes out, Kane's the ever-loving Christ out of Eugene, and... You can actually hear, I remember this, after they'd gone back through the curtains, you could hear a couple more cane shots. Buddy, no one can see you. Why are you still caning the oh. poor fucker? I just, it, it made me laugh, because I'd like to see, because I think Dinswall's quite a tough guy as well, so he could have put Sandman in pretzels if he wanted to. Right. Um, I like if there was any words exchanged on that afterwards, because I'd be thinking, what, so, yeah. sorry, what are you doing? Well, we're done now. Yeah, we're done. We're <laughs> right. literally backstage. We're done now. I'm out like, of character. Harry, <laughs> he's leaving the building and Sandman's caning him through the taxi window still. Jesus. Right. Okay. Now, we go yeah. on to the main event of the evening. Lovely. We see John Cena defend the WWE Championship against mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam. Yeah. So, RVD was Money in the Bank holder. Yes, that was interesting. Yeah, and it's the first time, I believe, that he'd called his shot ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So Not just run in and... Exactly, yeah. so when Edge won it... quite like that. Won it? Won it? it? When he won it... Hey, listen here, see? Um, <laughs> so when Edge won it, obviously he did it after Cena had just had a match. Yeah. Rob Van Dam said, I'm having this match, it's going to be Banking on... Banking it in. Exactly. My terms, my, my turf. turf. Yeah. Okay, so this was mainly the match, I'll be honest, that I, I picked it for, because I yeah. thought it was quite a good... Good little scrap. Yeah. What did you think? Because obviously you didn't look at the card, so I assume apart from seeing them on the cover, I knew this was coming because RVD was the cover of One Night Stand with Zuna. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I knew that was coming, but obviously no idea how it ended. Mm -hmm. And also, like I think for me as well, I forget about Cena at this time. Mm -hmm. I always think of him a bit later on. Yeah. Um, When he's a bit untouchable, friendly, like Yeah. yeah, and he's. A full-on base, like, you know, the face that runs the place. All That's that jazz. One. I know, but you know what I mean. <laughs> You've started watching the next show, haven't um, you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, I'd forget about him in this era. And I don't know why, but... Yeah. The, it, so in my head, I was like, well, this is going to be a no contest. Like, really? Because of how I... Imagine John you Cena. You could think Cena was going to lose to RVD, even no. out of his, because you were imagining. Okay, but then as soon as it started, it kind of reminded me, like, oh, hang on, we're going back time here. It's not, not now, because I wouldn't want to see them both wrestle now. No. But then it did, it did take me back, and I was like, oh, hang on, I remember just how brilliant RVD was, and how much I really enjoyed watching him. Yeah, and then I was hooked. RVD was one of my favourites. Yeah, to be honest, just because of the I think as well he's possibly, and there might be people that disagree. One of the best sellers mm-hmm. for me when he was injured, he looked like he was dead. Yeah, and I believed it. And there's a few moments in this match where he looks dead, and it looks justified based yeah. on what happened. So, again, much like the uh, match that we covered in uh, first ep- or episode zero with yeah. Punk, Cena comes out knowing that this isn't his. 
Yeah, I do have a point that says, are we ever going to watch a match where Cena doesn't get booed? <laughs> I know we've they'll, only watched two be. now, but yeah. both of them insanely booed. But again, he came out, he did the right thing. He just put like, he knew put your title in the end, yeah. uh, title up in the air, come out, don't look at anyone, Yeah. just here for business, yeah. I'm not here for you, I'm going to get this Which done. I like, I like that. He knows it's not for him, really. What did you think of the shirt incident? The shirt? So he took oh my god yes yeah and he threw it into the crowd and they threw it back three times yeah that i first i was like what's going on and then i realized and i was like oh, just he shouldn't have thrown it into crowd. he should have just taken it off and put it down yeah but that's probably his like m- muscle memory just do it i think he just did it the first time yeah. and then when he saw it come back I think he knew full well right. that it was going to happen each and every time he did it. So I think he worked that situation yeah. very well. And some of the throws that oh, came back in. Decent. Brilliant. Very much so, yeah. They should be playing for the Yankees or yeah, something. Like, really NFL, good. Yeah. Um, you saw the one guy at the end who spat on it several times, flossed with it, because he's the star of the show. That's why people came to see this fat idiot fucking wipe his ass with a T-shirt yeah, and then throw it back oh, into the crowd. Having a lovely time, allowed outside uh, on good behaviour, by all accounts, but... Yeah, I thought that was a nice little touch to, to start things off. Oh, I put here as well, we're talking about the gear. Van Damme's gear is always on point. Always. I've never seen a Van Damme thing and gone, what's this? No, never. No. And it works. Yeah, it does. Really does. Especially for his athleticism yeah. and the moves he does. Works perfectly. Because there's no risk of exposure. No. Nope. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know nope. it's silly, but something Straight to think bottom. about. Yep. There's no... That's not going to happen. No. Nope. And it just works for him. And also, th- this comes to another point talking about his abilities, like because he's he's done some martial arts training and mm-hmm. stuff like that with, with what have you. But when I see in promo stuff shadow boxing from non-fighters, mm-hmm. it looks dumb. Oh yeah, you don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Van Dam doing it backstage and then throwing some kicks and stuff. I was like, at least I kind of get it's a it. Bit more believable. When from... I see John Cena do it, oh, it's please stop. It, you're, I'd rather see him doing a little rap. I'll be honest. Oh. But when he was actually, I, I liked Cena's raps back in the day. This was just after. Well, actually, was he still? I would say this is the point where he's just cut this out. Uh, the master of thugonomics, doctor, the master. Sorry, you know, he's been the master. master as well. I mean, there weren't too many people going around <laughs> talking about thugonomics at the time. But what did you make of the match? Before, before that, can okay, I just so, clarify? Yeah, of course. The title was it at this time? It was a spinning one. Ooh. Because I'm pretty sure I put down. Is this the spinning title? Don't know why it was important to me. I feel but it like was. it's. Oh, that's a great question because yeah. it was spinning one for a couple of years, and then I'm trying to think who changed it. Yeah, I can't remember, but in I'm, in the promo, ooh. I was like, "Oh my god, is this spinning title era?" And then because when Edge took it from Cena, mm. it definitely was, and then he turned it into the rated R spinning one. Mm. Cena would have kept it spinning afterwards. I want to say yes, but I don't have any visual memory. There was in that match. There was no evidence. But it Apart just, from when he came out holding it, it. entertained me. So. Okay, no, fine. So, what, what did you um, make of the match? Let's go through your your side of the notes. I enjoyed it. Um, I just I could watch RVD in that era all day long, mainly because it's so to me it's so similar to he fits into my bracket of my favourite wrestlers at that time. Yeah, I'd agree. He's he's a high flyer. He's athletic. Yep. He. It's just a springboard. A human springboard. Yeah. Um, oh, first point, Cena overselling really bores me. We've already uh, glanced over that one. <laughs> it just annoys me. Um, but all the points here of all the moves that I really liked, 
they're all RVDs. Yeah. Like, I think he was really given the time to shine. Yeah, that's such a cheesy way of saying it. But yeah. I feel like they really showcased his talent yeah. in this. And all, like, I've got points about he flipped off the stairs. Yeah. Um, the spin corkscrew leg drop over the guardrail. Yeah. And the jump. I don't even know what it's called. But, like, where he does the jump and the kick around. Um, just from standing. Oh, okay. Again, standard RVD, but it never gets old. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I um, think. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It, it was good. Go Sorry, it was good. I enjoyed it, but it is to me again. It's it's one of those matches where you've got someone who is nimble and athletic and quick yeah. and can do all of the flips, kicks, and then you've just got a powerhouse. Well, yes. But again, Cena did that thing that we talked about at Money in the Bank, which I don't like, where he tries to do stuff that he's not equipped yes, to do. Exactly. Like he ascended the top of the turnbuckles and he went out with a shitty one arm sledgehammer to the back. Mm -hmm. Looked awful. That was just before RVD leapt into the sea of unwashed folk. I, the drop, like again, a lot of the points you're right. I've got here. It's uh, it's all about RVD being positive. Yes. It's like the drop kick with the chair mm -hmm. to the face. Look good. Rolling thunder. Look good. Is that the forward roll? Forward roll, flip. jump and flip. Okay, because I've got that written down saying, what is it called? Rolling because I really thunder. like it. Rolling Thank thunder. You. Um, the DTT... Uh, the, I'll put my teeth back in and say that again. The DDT on the chair was stunning mm -hmm. because of the way that RVD plants himself, seems to hang there for a second and then fall to the floor like he's dead. He did the same with, uh, I think it was a slingshot where the chair had been wedged between the oh, turnbuckles yes. and his head went through it. I think he did that about as safely as you possibly could. Mm -hmm. But again, absolutely dead Looks, after he did uh, yes. it. So yeah. one thing that we, we come into apart from Cena's chin support submission system, which um, I think it just it strikes me as like a personal trainer who's mm -hmm. going, I don't know, it, it just doesn't work. I need to stop seeing him do that because yes. every time I see it, I go, that looks shit. Mm -hmm. I don't believe you. Stop it. I don't believe it does anything. Well, it doesn't. Yeah. But, like, but you know, the, the moves to me have to look look like they're doing exactly. something. To me, this just looks like something my osteopath would do to me to crack my back. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, what did you think about Cena hitting a ref? I, I was actually a little bit shocked, I'll be honest, because mm -hmm. that's not Out him. Out character. That's not him. However, I do have a note that says, as soon as Cena takes the ref out, made me very confident he was losing. Why? I don't know, but it just did. Because that's not him, no, either. But I felt like it was. It showed... They were trying to portray that he was desperate. This was... Yeah, yeah. His back was really up against the wall. I'm going to have to go outside my comfort zone yeah. to get something done here. Hitting refs and stuff like that, again, always a thing in ECW. It's not yeah. uncommon. But Cena doing it, I thought, was a novelty. Yeah, I, I think even... I did go, oh. Like... Like a sound, an I watched this on my own, reaction. but like an yeah. audible reaction happened. But yeah. Not a massive one, but I do think I was a bit like, that's new. Yeah. Like, but it just, obviously, I didn't know the outcome, but as soon as it happened, my brain just went, well, he's going to lose. Did you think we were going to get interference? Um, No, because I actually, at that point, wouldn't have known who was going to interfere. Yeah, okay, because you were. Because I'd already seen matches during that day, didn't know any backstories, yeah. really. Um, and so I just thought it was just going to be as it was. So, because we've got, we both feel the same about 
interference. Fucking hate it. As a re- I think this is just a wrestling fan thing in general. Mm-hmm. A wrestling fan is programmed to want a clean finish. Yes. They want to see a decisive end, mm-hmm. no interference, clear and cut, go on, move yeah. on to the next thing. Unless we've got a bet on someone interfering, I don't want it. This which sometimes fair. we do. But even then we don't want it, we just think it's no. going to happen. No. We're doing it because we're playing the odds. So when a gentleman slid into the ring wearing a motorbike helmet yes. and leather... Yes. At what point did it trigger who this was? N- not at all. Even after the spear? Um, so the spear happened and my brain obviously quickly goes, huh, <laughs> but surely not. Roman Reigns isn't around now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my brain just kind of was like, but why? And then obviously he took off the helmet and I was like, I still don't understand why. But that's because I put a point down after this that said, what did this lead to afterwards? Because I don't know. I, I, I If I watched a clip after, yeah. maybe I'd have gone, ah, of course, of... this is what happened. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't remember it. No, My memory is context appalling. after the match is done. So the spirit itself was shite, but I mm-hmm. think that's probably because the helmet, he couldn't, couldn't really see. see what he was doing. Because he basically drives himself through the table and seeing it just happens to fall next to him. The end itself, Paul Heyman. Sorry, when are you? When did you become an official? That did confuse me. <clears throat> but it, they allowed it to stand. Yeah. That Why couldn't you just have me. the ref come to? Yeah. Why does Paul? Well, I don't get understand. Another, get another ref come down. <clears throat> I just don't like, understand why Paul Heyman had to be. I love Paul Heyman, that but did it made no me. sense to me. No. The match itself was really good. Yeah. Barring <laughs> RVD trying to put Cena on the top rope and Cena not quite understanding how to balance and Honestly. looking like a cat's whoopsie. Before he falls to the floor. I think just, just obviously he's still going now. Just don't go up there ever, because not once <laughs> well, are we watching there, you. But like, not once are we watching you up there when anyone is going. Oh, this is gonna be great. But he's proving he can do he's it. Just, no, he's not. He, no, I know. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. No. And That's not his. His. So you don't, he's brilliant. Well, just not at this. Many things, but yes, yeah. that isn't one of them. So. Mm-hmm. RVD oh. goes to the top rope five yep. star frog splash brilliant Cena was down for a while mm-hmm. Heyman comes out counts the one two three you've got a new WWE champion soon to be christened the ECW champion yes what were your thoughts on the match and the show so the match like I did like the match do you prefer it, it to the CM Punk Cena match from no no okay no purely because the ending for me was better okay in part the Punk match right. it was believable and mm-hmm. uh, not that this wasn't it just Paul Heyman annoyed me getting involved like yeah. just get another ref out or okay. oh the ref suddenly wakes up and it's a it's a slow one two three yeah and I think it kind of for me took a little bit of the shine off of how good RVD had been for me was the fact Could've that clean. that's yeah like yeah. the fact that that's how it finished just annoyed me and normally sometimes when I watch a pay-per-view by myself the last match finishes. Once I see the little logo or title bit comes up, I turn it off. This one I let run yeah. all the way to the end because I thought now is where I would expect something to happen Yeah. at the very end. And it, did. and it didn't. And I don't know, it just kind of... The, the whole programme as a whole was okay. Yeah. I would put it... It had peaks and it had, for me, severe troughs, which then levelled out as being all right. Because 
bad things could you can have the best thing you've ever seen yeah. but if you get three bad things for you it really it, detracts for me away. personally yeah. it really sucks like the fun out of it yeah and it becomes a labor rather than oh this was amazing or so, i won't remember the good this is also in my life do you know what i mean like yeah, i won't remember yeah. the good stuff more i will remember the bad stuff more so for me it just leveled out as an even keel didn't hate it didn't love it if we'd have just watched some of the matches independently I'd probably have a very different end aspect I feel like you need to see the ups and the downs though mm-hmm. in a show because if you're just seeing good match after good match oh, yeah, you kind of yeah, get desensitised sure. to it a little yeah. bit so it kind of makes you appreciate appreciate the good parts more mm-hmm. than others I think for me it was in a period in my life where I was very much counterculture because you are at that age aren't you you're trying to go against the system and go against the man and ECW did offer that and even though it was a watered down WWE version Mm -hmm. I still enjoyed it there was definitely parts of the show I didn't like Eugene didn't need to be on there even though I understood why it was there the Taz and King match could have gone Balls Mahoney and Tanaka again I understood why it was there didn't need it Um, I enjoyed the show it's one that I have seen a few times I haven't seen it for a number of years yep um, what would you, if you had to give it a gun to your head? Oh, you're going to make out a score out of ten. Yeah, I thought you would. Um, five is not generous enough. Like okay. as I as I say, it's a level. Like I feel like if I give it a five, I'm doing a disservice to the people that I actually really enjoyed. Okay. Um, I would put it at a six. Okay. I thought you might go seven. I did think about seven, and but I just the lows no, the instance. lows were too low for me. Go with your I just, That's fine. I, I, yeah, the lows were too low for me. Does this give you more interest in delving into other ECW stuff from a while ago, or does it put you off more than anything? I don't know. I think, again, I think it's an even kill. Part of me is a bit like, mm, I didn't enjoy this as much as I do other pay-per-views we've watched. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. No. It's It's interesting. Okay, good. And I guess maybe it's interesting for you to hear my opinions on these things I because think you know I've not watched them yeah I think that'll be interesting for a lot of people though as well because not only like you said you're bringing a female perspective yeah. to it but a lot of the stuff you're seeing with fresh eyes mm-hmm. you haven't seen it before so it's... Uh, yeah I will never google them like you'll tell me when it's your choice yeah. you, like this one you told me we're watching this yeah that's nice didn't google it no. didn't pre like because I don't want to ruin it for myself no if no. I know the outcomes of these matches also if it's a shite match knowing who's going to win will bore me even more. No, I think that's important. And you're quite up on the socials and stuff. Fortunately, because yeah. the shows aren't recent, you're yes. going to have to go out your way to kind of... Exactly, which them. we know I'm just not going to do. No, exactly. So I'm glad that you didn't hate it, obviously. No. I think there were moments that I thought you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. I just thought it would be a good start of 10 to get your feet wet in something that was a little bit outside of your comfort zone. I didn't take that you it was. You didn't far. take me too far, no. No, because there's stuff in the 80s and 90s and stuff that we'll be covering oh, at some I point know in it's time. Coming. I know we've, it's we've coming. We've got some, some plans longer term to cover off certain things, but we won't go into that at, mm-hmm. at this moment in time. Um, but yeah, just a little bit of additional information on the show itself. So RVD, the new champion. Yeah. Within the space of a month, I think it was, was caught carrying uh, an excessive amount of cannabis with Sabu in oh. the car. Had to be suspended. Like that's real. Yeah, that's real. Oh, had to be suspended. But no, so that's shocking. Had to be suspended. Was done and had the title taken off him. I think at Vengeance, the title oh, came off okay. him, which was the next pay per view, or it might have even been two weeks. As in, it was taken from him already, or no, he lost they put, it. At... They made him lose it in a match. Right. Okay. So fine. I think 
there was two weeks he held on to because they gave him the WWE title and they gave him a new ECW title from memory. Oh, okay. What was like a well done? Yeah, and then he lost both. <laughs> so cool. they had, uh, I think it was either Edge or Cena took off uh, the WWE title off him. And then I don't remember who took the ECW title off him, but that was a very short lived reign. That's supposed to be his uh, crowning moment to ascend to that's the top. Sad. And because of his misgivings mm-hmm. elsewhere with drugs and Sabu, oh, that, was, Sabu. that was the end result of it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the. F- how do you feel? That's the first official show. I know. In the books. All right. Yeah? I feel. I don't know. I feel. I feel like it was okay. Yeah. It just wasn't my wheelhouse. Okay. So for me, it's a bit different. the The last episode we did was a bit easier for me back and forth. Yeah. Because I was invested. Yeah. In both of those matches, whereas this was new for me, so it was more of like a learning curve rather than. Th- well, invested if you know what I mean I'll be honest I haven't hosted a podcast myself before no. so it's a bit different for me yeah. and I know that I can talk quite a lot Yeah, but fine. I'm always happy for you to, to jump in at any point and you have done so I think it's fine it was uh, my valid points no they're all good I genuinely think it's in, like it'll be interesting for people um, yeah. I, I enjoyed myself I think like you said, there'll be more. There'll be certain shows where you come out of your. Oh, the next one is is all me. I'm I'm invested in this next one. How how are we doing that? So obviously we'll put some announcements up on on the socials. Yeah. Do you have the social information to oh. handle? You need to obtain that so um, I fill the gap. Yeah, you can fill that gap. So yeah, as we discussed before, we'll be taking it in terms to in turns to pick shows. So I picked ECW One Night Stand. Holly has picked a show which I don't think we're going to confirm just as of yet. We'll we'll tease it beforehand. Um, but yeah, are there ways to contact us? Should you have any Ooh, queries or any such always. interest in following us? They're so have you got always. the social information to hand now? Um, yes, I do. Go for it. So, I mean, if anyone fancies pinging us a little email, they can. Um, which is wintwicepod at gmail.com. I can tell you that Scott runs that email, so please email him. Give him Be nice to, to me, please. <laughs> and I do not... I have any dealings with the Insta side of things. So That's all me. Yeah, so they yeah, want to so, contact us. So uh, Instagram is windtwicepod. That is how you will find us. Again, if you want to send us a message and suggest a little show for us to watch, please do. Um, or just give us a cheeky little follow. There's not too much on there at the minute, but once we do more episodes yeah. and whatnot, there will be. It'd be nice to look back on a back cot- back catalogue of mm. stuff after we've done it. I think that'd be that'd be fun. Yes. And like I said, mainly we're doing it for our own entertainment. But if other people get involved and enjoy it, then even yeah. better. Uh, but yeah, I think that brings us nicely to the end of yeah. this episode. Any anything you wanted to add before we hit the dusty um, trail? I don't think so. Apart from I've started watching the wrestler or wrestlers, whatever it's called on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, fully enjoying that. Yeah, how many episodes you, know. you in? Uh, I binge watched three in one night. Nice. So when I moan about, oh, I don't have time to do this, this, and this, I clearly do because <laughs> if I'm binge watching three hour long episodes in one night, I've got time. I'm sure we'll touch upon it at least in the the next Absolutely. episode then. But uh, yeah, no, thank yeah. everyone for for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it, and stay tuned uh, for the next one. Bye. Bye.